Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are back in the rugby dungeon after a, a, not just a big weekend, a big week for rugby in the British Isles and Ireland. In fact, that's one thing I can never be sure of. Like the United Kingdom, what's the United Kingdom? What what is the British Isles? What is Great Britain? What's the difference between them? Uh, Do you know? Yes. I, well, I've been told. Is the, <laughs> doesn't the British Isles include Ireland? Oh, you're going to be uh, out. People are outraged at that. Um, Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. it does. And I think I'm not sure about that. The, no, the United Kingdom includes Ireland, no, uh, Northern it's, Ireland. Because it's the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland. So is the United Kingdom just the bit without Northern Ireland? I don't know. I don't know. See, I, and, and minefield. And I, I've, I've actually the, looked it up in the past, but never yeah. found like a concise, the, satisfactory answer. Is the United Kingdom the fact that the kingdoms of Scotland and England united? And then Wales is just kind of like a principality. That doesn't really tag on. Really well, well I, and I don't want to upset Welsh people because it's, no, it's, it's, pr- it's, <laughs> it's a proud, fine nation. And uh, <laughs> and I hop over to North Wales. I, l- I love love a bit of North Wales. And I like, I like, it, as a, I like it as a tourist spot, you know? I like it as a playground. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what I was going to say, I think technically speaking, it's not a country. It's not a sovereign nation. It, of course it's not. In the same way. No, I know, it's a large county. I know the UK is a country, but it's not a country in the way that Scotland is a country. That's exactly right. Scotland is more of a, a sort of a country, a semi-country. Yeah. But I'm sure the British Isles is something like it, it does include Ireland. Yeah, so I've got a little map here that does... So if you refer to it as the British Isles, that would include Ireland. And this, this by the way, a, is quite a relevant start to the podcast because it is British and Irish Lions squad announcement. Yeah, and by the way, welcome, so, well, welcome to new listeners hoping to get some really good rugby, uh, rugby content. So, <laughs> the so, so I think just from this, <laughs> British Isles would be more of a geographical term, yes. which obviously includes uh, the islands of uh, Britain and Ireland and the Isle of Man. Great Britain would be Scotland, England and Wales without Northern Ireland and without the Isle of Man, whereas uh, the United Kingdom would include Northern Ireland but not the island, not the Isle of Man. That, that's what Callum on, our, on, on the live chat feed has just point said. UK is NI, Scotland, Wales, England. Wonderful. There you go. Great, there we go. But Simple. But the beautiful thing about rugby every four years is we don't need any of that because we all come together. Yes. And what a beautiful thing that is. Isn't it just... I just mentioned, by the way, that there are some um, uh, some comments coming in on live chat. Do keep those coming in. We'll, we'll, we'll mention those. But we do stream live on YouTube when we do the podcast. And through the week, we have loads of other video content. 
And up there right now is a fantastic chat with Courtney Laws and Dan Bigger. And we'll be going up very soon to chat with Chris Harris, three British and Irish Lions, who took a bit of time out of their very busy schedule to come and chat to uh, to come and chat to Egg Chase as well, specifically JB. Uh, so, love Chris Harris. Love Chris Harris. I just love his story. Really, really nice guy. But I just love, like, a few years ago, he's playing in Tyndale. Yeah. And it's a weird... He was like, playing, playing against mugs like me when yeah. he was playing in no, Tyndale. You, you played against him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He's played, was he playing fullback? I played against so, him when he played fullback. And you, you yeah. were back three as well, so you probably yeah. had to field a few of his did, kicks. Did you bash yes. him? Uh, I remember us getting battered up at the, the beautiful ground of Tyndale. We went down to 13 men at one point. Again, so we get hammered in the scrum, and he was running riot. As well. Oh, really? Yeah. He had good. a very good day. So, so about eight, eight years ago. If you think about his career, it's always been like, oh, I've got Newcastle. Guess I'll get a Scotland cap. I've got a Scotland cap. I'll get another one. Oh, yeah, then, then goes to Gloucester. Then goes to Lions. It seems to be every time he's got to that next level, he, so he seems to have stayed there, which is pretty cool. And he's, Yeah, he has the ability to continue to step up. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll get on to that. So, um, yeah. So we're going to talk about the, the Lions today. We'll talk about the Premiership, the Super Rugby tournaments finishing. Um, I do just want to start, though, with the fact that rugby clubs around the country are starting to open up and get back to some level of normality and I got this little message from Lee Taylor, which I just I love stuff like this. Now rugby clubs can be part of our lives again. It's there's such an important fab part of the fabric of communities and of friendship groups, and and just of your, of your weekly life. So um, this message here from Lee I got earlier. It says, "Afternoon, Tim. Um, could you give a mention to Abingdon Rugby Club? Of course you can. Uh, for playing the inaugural Tim Harwood Memorial Cup yesterday, he was a top bloke, our biggest supporter, home and away every weekend." following his son play for the first 15. He did a lot for our little club. Uh, if you can, that would be awesome. By the way, it was an inter-club game that ended 22-all, so rugby was the real winner. No, he should have played extra <laughs> yeah. time until there was a winner. Come on, Lee. Yeah, well, yeah, well it's rugby is the, the real winner, or everyone's just kissing their sisters. <laughs> yes, true, true. Uh, well, I played an inter-club game this weekend, boys. Mm, for Tok H? No, it wasn't for Tok H. It was for Old Winnians, because Tok H didn't have a fixture. And the irony of it is, Old Winnians had a fixture, against Oral, who couldn't raise a team. So they had a free weekend. Nobody told me I, I could have taken Tok H up to Oral Winnians. Uh, but I wouldn't know that. So you got, you got a game anyway. You got I, a game, that's fine. I got a game, and it ended with the most horrific injury I have ever seen on a rugby field. I've uh, calculated that I have played somewhere in the region of 500, 500 maybe, maybe over 500 Games of senior men's rugby. So that's basically. See, people are saying Mike Brown's impressive for getting three fifty. What? <laughs> what? Three fifty? Pathetic. Lazy. Lazy. Well, what do you reckon? It's twenty to thirty games a season. Depends. On, yeah, yeah. If, if you average cup games, friendly games, it could be as high. It could be as high as six hundred. Are we counting it, the game where you went on for a couple of minutes at the end of a cup final <laughs> and then threw your medal in a hedge? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are definitely counting that one. Anyway, Tib and Fib go uh, on this lad, Josh. Oh. Uh, bloody good player as well. Really oh. good player. Great lad. And How is he? Uh, going in for operation today. Was he on gas and air and stuff on the pitch? I bloody hell. Well, no, because... Because they didn't have When the ambulance arrived, I guess. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. it's quite funny, actually. Uh, not the Tib and Fib break. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you clarified but, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's the dark humour of rugby, which I... <laughs> like, when I saw it, I, this is honestly the first time I've ever thought, I'm going to pack this in. This is a stupid <laughs> game. Um, and then I come back out changed, and he's obviously all wrapped up in his foil and whatnot. And it's just the dark humour going around. Um, 
<laughs> like um, I can't actually repeat what like, what was said, but because he couldn't move, we were suggesting all th- all sorts of things that we could possibly do to him. Now uh, <laughs> and he's like, "You guys are dickheads." <laughs> but yeah, it did lighten the mood some, somewhat. Uh, oh, but it just shows that I mean, it really hits home that it was the most innocuous incident that you can imagine. Like nothing, there wasn't even really a rugby incident as far as I could see. I was right next to it, and this was an interclub game at like level seven or wherever old or Williams are. With limited contact rules, safety first and foremost, someone breaks tip and fib. Horrendous. It just shows it is a bloody dangerous game. That's well, yeah. do, do you know what it goes to show? It goes, well, I, I think that danger, some people do extreme sports, some people do skateboarding and stuff. Elements of danger are are important and ever more so in a ever sanitized world. Yeah. And, a, and an outlet for a bit of a bit of aggression or a bit of danger is is, is wonderful these these accidents do happen and they're a shame when they do but um You're awful <laughs> it just goes to show it just horrendous. goes to show uh, anyone that steps over that white line on a rugby field at whatever level has some uh, has some courage and bravery just to do it but, yeah absolutely was, well yeah. get 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 well soon Josh uh, I'll catch him up for a beer when he when he's out with the scaffolding yeah. around his leg uh, uh, Gabriel on the on the live chat is is asking when you're starting a crossfit podcast <laughs> well, I, the thing is, I talk too much about CrossFit. I, I don't think there'd be, there'd be enough time to fit in all the things I want to say about CrossFit. So I'm not sure that's a worse idea. You you do love CrossFit right now. I love it. I love the law. I, I love it as well. I just don't great. talk about it all the but, time. Then you don't love it. Then do you? I, I just, yeah. Yeah, I just I love just, it. You don't love it. You love half of it. You got to embrace the lifestyle. And the, the, first, the first rule of CrossFit is you always yeah. talk about if CrossFit. If you're always CrossFit, and you're not talking about it. You're not a CrossFitter. <laughs> you're a guy who does exercise. Now, one of the big reasons I love CrossFit is I give myself. I'm trying to. Eat, count my calories, make sure I get enough grams of protein in a day, and all the rest of it. Very good. One one thing I do is after a, after a workout, I treat myself in the car on the way home to a, a carb killer bar. Oh, I, I like that. Or yeah. one, and you know, I, I like to put that's all... just my my daily <laughs> treat. Yeah. You need some carbs post workout. No, no, no. Well, well, yeah. D- d- no, does it not have a bit of it does sugar have a in there? Tiny as well? bit of carbs. It'll have Four a tiny grams. bit, but you want like what should I be eating straight well, after a workout? According for? to um. What's the name? The CrossFit guy on Joe Rogan the other day, a Mars bar. Let's go I, straight from Mars bar. Well, but Mar- well, now that's what I was going to say. Mars and uh, Snickers do. They have their. They have protein, protein versions, versions of their bar. Yeah, they cost about two quid each, yeah. and but they are delicious. But they're not really protein. <laughs> they have like they have enough protein so that they can it's put twenty grams. Is it twenty grams? That's yeah, the, the, yeah. There's the cheaper right. ones. There's the cheaper ones. Yeah. It's like the twelve, fifteen. But no, if you if you it's spend like, for the massive if you spend one. two pounds a bar, yeah. you get the proper protein ones. They're good. Yeah. So I am anyway, 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 yeah. anyway, 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 rugby. But so you want you want more carbs I than am, your carb killer post workout. That would be my advice. <laughs> I'll be tracking the calories over the next few days of a professional rugby player. I can't tell you which one because obviously that's confidential. Mm. But I'll be interested to see. What do you mean you'll be tracking the calories? Literally, literally on uh, my fitness pal. <laughs> so, so like, like voluntarily, You're, you have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're not, not like, you're not hacked him. into a mainframe. No, no, no. Or you're not his <laughs> no. dietitian. <laughs> God no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, can, can I can I see what you eat on like a daily basis? Just to see you know, see how how many calories you, you're getting through because we we guess to be like four. The chef at Cell Shock says he needs to make five thousand calories for someone like Halani Alika when he was there. That's what that is his running total. Just to keep and, his calves that size. Yeah, yeah, and that that would be for him to maintain weight. I would imagine based on the training that he's doing. Rather than that, won't be like a bulk phase. Yeah. So I want. I mean, Halani Alika doesn't need a bulk phase. I want to see what this. What? Yeah, no, he does not need a bulk phase. So I want to see what this guy's eating. Just, I just have interest. Like, see what these um, athletes are actually doing on a day, on a day. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah with, without naming names, you'll have to share a bit of info next week. Yeah, I will do. Yeah. Um, right. 
Look, look, well, Phil, JB and I, and in the feed right now, um, you can go and listen to it. JB and I gave our initial reactions post Lion Squad, but yep. I'm interested what you thought. Very happy, to be honest. Um, so, I, th- I think overall, there's very few changes I'd make. Um, obviously, Doggers would get in my team <laughs> for his um, Light Lions then Italy um, every, every, every chat. <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, very happy overall, and I think it's interesting to see. Just sorry, if, if anyone's uh, watching, uh, JB's just gone to do some double unders and pull ups. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Phil. Sorry, um, it, I think it's interesting because it gives you a flavour of how they are likely to play and some of the positions. And what I mean by that is, kind of the back row is interesting, and particularly the balance. Given you've got a few of the smaller guys. The guys like three sevens. Well, yeah. not the Tom Curry small, but yeah, yeah. Well, the, and the two sevens plus Sam Simmons. So Hamish yeah. Watson, um, Justin Tipperick, Tipperick Simmons, um, Curry. Th- there was no way Curry wasn't travelling. Nope. Um, Curry can play any one of those positions at international level. He can play six, seven, and eight at international level, which means he's amazing for a Lions squad. Um, but you've got those those smaller guys. You've got kind of the two more traditional eights. And then you've got a plethora of locks who can play back row. And so I think that's an indication of what their kind of the two balances are. If they go for more of a traditional um, setup, you're likely to see Curry at six. But probably the first port of call for the, um, the test matches will be one of Tyburn, Courtney Laws, Hendo possibly, or Mario Toji playing in the six shirt. Agreed. To give that extra jumping option. Agreed. If you've got the extra weight with Alan Wynne Jones and possibly um, Johnny Hill as kind of almost two tight headlocks in the pack. So that's one interesting thing. The well, other. Courtney Laws, by the way, in the chat the other day used the phrase tight headlock. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a legit thing. It is legit. It is it, legit. It is now. No, we started talking about it the last few years. So I think it was the thing which was in like the 60s and now it's come back. <laughs> it's sort of come back around. That's, that's what I think. Um, the other thing I think is interesting is the selection of the centres. And you've selected four centres who, they're not carbon copies of one another, well, but well, they all three do. three centres, really, and two well, kinder centres. Yeah, you're right. So Harris, Henshaw, Bundiaki are, they're all direct. They're all very defensively strong. They're all hard runners. Um, they can do a little bit of the, the all-round stuff, but that's not what they're really renowned for. They're renowned for hard running and hard hitting. Then you're quite right, the, the two kind of wild card centres, uh, Daly and Faz, it makes me think either he's going to go for two hard-hitting centres or Farrell will be the first choice, 12, based based on that team. Um, and looking back at Gatlin's selections for both the Lions and also for um, for Wales over the years, he he, he does both. He's not totally one route I mean you you kind of think a lot of the the Gatlin Wales teams are the likes of well Jamie Roberts for a lot of it with Shanklin or with JD2 but he's also when he's had guys like Henson or even like Hook or like Hadley Parks who again could do it a bit of everything he's used them so I don't necessarily think it's one or the other it, it, he could use both depending on the, the scenarios and Elliot Daly is He's a surprise to me because his form recently has not been brilliant. I don't. I don't think. Um, certainly not from what I've seen. But the, there's two reasons why I think he's going. 
one you've already mentioned to me, you mentioned it in, in your pod the other day, his versatility. He can play 11, 13, 14, 15, which few players can. But also, there are two tests at altitude. Yeah. And at altitude, he will be able to um, slot penalties from 60 plus meters. So, or at least he'll that, be able to get, he'll be able to put in the back of South Africa's mind. Well, yeah, they've got someone that can kick. Someone mentioned correct. this online yeah. the other day, and I thought it was a really interesting point on Twitter. He said, like, "What is the, you know, how many penalties will be conceded in that range where Owen Farrell can't kick, but Elliot Daly can kick? And is it worth is it worth it for maybe a different player who might be slightly better on the park?" Now, as it happens, I think the Elliot Daly thing is interesting because we judge him as England's Elliot Daly, who isn't very good at the moment, to be fair. But his his form wasn't great in the in the Six Nations. Yeah, he, he had a couple of decent games. I think you pointed out once he was there was one game where I mean it's all yeah. it's all relative, but there was a there was at least one game where he was England's best player, and which he, was not saying got, a lot. Yeah, and he got he got criticised in that game unfairly, I think, but he didn't yeah. he didn't have his oh, best yeah. tournament overall. There's no question yeah. about that. Well, I just think Lions Elliot Daly who plays on the wing is a different proposition. I think you put Elliot Daly on the wing for England, and he looks great. I just think maybe they are. Asking a little bit too much of him, trying to make him into the thing which he's not. And if you just let him play on the wing, let him rove and attack in his own time, rather than asking him to do a very hard job at fullback, he might be a much better player for it. Well, we've seen on the the O2 inside line videos in the past, Elliot Daly makes an amazing coffee. He's a legit barista. Yeah, Jim Hills is. He could be. He could be on tour for his coffee making skills. Jim Hills is legit in the world of uh, baristing. And know, on the Lions squad? No, but in, oh, right. in, in general. In I general know Ford and Manu. Manu. Are very good. Manu's really? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, really? His, uh, yeah, his latte art is better than his footwork. I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and his footwork's great, allegedly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think overall with the squad, there's very few that I would change. Uh, I wouldn't have favoured Duan van der Merwe. Um I would have gone for Stockers or Johnny May, as we said the other day. Yeah. Um, now the the one that obviously for the last couple of days or certainly since yesterday has got the most. Well, um, before attention. you before you get onto that, can I just okay. say one? Th- can I just say one yeah, thing? Yeah. It's on the wing thing, right? I'm I'm going to say this and I'm putting it out there, just floating it. I, I'm not. Okay, so you've mentioned Duan van der Merwe. The, the only, I actually picked him in my yeah. in my back three options for the record, but there is just one tiny little bit of me that just goes. One thing, and this is what you're going to come on and talk about, is how much the Lions means to people. And Duvan van der Merwe, oh, he's, yeah, only, he's yeah. only been in Scotland International for like nine months, and he he grew up dreaming of being a Springbok. And there is just a tiny, I, I don't begrudge him because he's earned it. There's just a tiny little bit of me that goes, he's taken that, which Johnny May or Stockers, Stockers or whoever have been dreaming of since they picked up a rugby ball. Yeah, and so that—that's not to say Duan van der Merwe doesn't deserve it because he's earned it on merit and fair play. But I'm just yeah. saying that's just on, on an emotional level. Which I, other converted I, well, players have been? Bundiaki. Oh well, um, uh, Nathan uh, Hines, Ricky Flutine. Yeah, Flutie Bentio. Yeah, um, CJ Sander. Who was the guy that had had Shantaine Harpy? Didn't he go one time? Or am I thinking of? No, you are, no, no. You're thinking. Flute, no, definitely did. Ricky Flutie did. Yeah. Uh, Shantaine Harpy did not. Jared Payne went. Yes, Jared Payne did. Uh, There's quite a long line of them. Yeah. Did Stuart Abbott yeah, go? Stuart Sander. Maybe, yeah. In 2005. There was talk about recalling Brett, Brett Sinkinson, which was very funny. After hey, the and, and listen, that's not what this is about, but, but 
this links back into what you were about <coughs> to talk about, Phil. The the Lions is more than just a game of professional rug, elite level rugby. It, there's there's emotion, there's tradition, there's history in it, which is part of the reason why it has yeah. s- captivates people so much. Can I... And Duan van der Merwe doesn't get that, and that's not to his. That's not a criticism. He just won't get that. Can I just yeah. throw something out, which will be horrendously unpopular about the Lions. Go on. So one of the things which I'm a little bit uneasy about is all of the stuff about the history and the tradition. Because to a large degree, when you start talking about history and tradition of things, it means that is more important than the competitive nature of the thing. And when the thing you're talking about is sport, then you know you don't necessarily think do you, of the history. Oh, actually, that's not wrong. That, that is wrong because you do think about the history of the, of the NFL. But the overriding thing on the NFL is the standard and the quality and it's the same with the same with the Premier League, really. The overriding thing in football is the standard and the quality. Yeah, I, I get that. But to know that you're pulling on a jersey that X, that is incredible. X player did in the past, and whether that's the Lions or whether that's for your club or for your country, yeah, that that uh, that's part of it. That's part of the um, emotional connection we have. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. I, I, I think you, I think the Lions does very well to to blend those two things. Yeah, both teams, this South Africa and the Lions this year, and when it's New Zealand, both teams will. Always want to win, but it, and the history doesn't detract them from yeah. from them wanting to win. In that is it, year. Isn't the point of the Lions that it's meant to be slightly amateur to give them a handicap? Because otherwise, you would expect them to win every time. If you kept the Lions together, you for, meant to be slightly amateur. Yeah, well, because the, the challenge of the Lions is you're fusing four nations into one. Now, I'm a little bit suspect it's that challenging, but you know that that's, but the time frames yeah. are, are yeah. fairly so, challenging. So the, the the amateur nature of it is yeah, it's. You know, short short sort of time together. You fuse a bunch of boys um, well, on tour. I, th- I think it's more the context. I think it's more the context of in the February and March you're whacking lumps out of each other, and in the July you're playing together. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I love the the history and I, I, how much that means. That's I, all I, I don't. Done. I just think like the primary thing in sport should be the standard that you're playing. Well, and yeah, that's and, and, that's what, and that's part of the reason why it means so much to these players. Although, having said that, like, no, actually, state of origin is all about the standard, but then there's a lot of history. There's the history. history. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think... Maybe, you, maybe maybe they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you you can or should try and unpick them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You don't want to have to re- wipe the history to allow you to have the best standard, do you? Wipe it all. Rebrand it. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> every, every year. Yeah. No, new cup, burn the cup, melt it down. <laughs> we need something new. British and Irish bears. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on the uh, what it means and the importance of it to individuals and to fans and stuff. Yeah. Um, th- uh, one of the other surprising ones was Sinclair being left out. Mm. I, I, I genuinely think that is surprising. Um, he was on pretty much every team that I've seen. So I, surprising, it's, actually. It's hard to think of one. And it's it's even more surprising because he, he went four years ago um, when he was a relatively young man, certainly in terms of prop years. I think I think he's developed in that period of time. Um, he's D- got a lot he more also, caps under his belt. He has. Didn't he also w- win the penalty that won the second test? It kind of, by, did. by kind of yeah. jump, jumping oh, into a yeah. tackle. And but he, but he, he also he also and I I wonder if this is counted against him with gaps. But he was on the edge. I mean, he was clearly very emotional four years ago and quite um, angry four years ago, and he he almost cost the Lions um, a few penalties in, in the closing uh, minutes of one or two of the test matches um, because he was right on the edge in terms of that uh, emotional um, edge response. Which has 
also reared itself over the last six months in an England jersey as well. Penalties. Mm. Penalties are not a big problem for him, I don't think. I, I, well, the nature of the penalties. They, they, they weren't penalties for a scrum technicality. They, yeah. they, there's been penalties for just... That is, good, that is a good point. Like, the unnecessary nature of the penalty yeah. rather than, you know, just being beaten. But you know, anyone can be beaten in no, Nonetheless, I had him in my squad, and it's yeah. a yeah, surprise. I, I agree with that. I, I think those penalties, just on that, I think those in the last six months have been more, like, foolish, technical, silly penalties rather than thinking back four years. And it was... Yeah. He he was letting his anger and emotion bubble over at that point to the point where he was not in control. Mm. And I think that to his testament, that's something that he has massively improved over I don't that period. Have a huge issue with his discipline. I mean, there is no, no. Not my really. my thoughts on him now. He's been now he's not made it. Are well, he definitely is not playing as well as he can because when he's playing his best rugby, he's a world beater. And you look at him going down in the World Cup. There is a good argument to say he makes a material difference that score. In the World Cup. I'm not saying England win it with him. I'm just saying he makes a difference. Uh, so he can be the world's best, if not the world's best, at certain, certain aspects of the game too. A, a, a prop that can operate as a fly half. There's few better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got good hands. He can scrimmage. He's powerful. He can hit. He can yeah. really hit. He can, he can do all sorts of great things. So love him there. He does fade in and out of games. And he, and he can do this for weeks at a time. And I actually, I think his move to Bristol has not helped him. He's not hit the heights that he hit earlier on in his years at Harlequins. And sometimes you watch him at Harlequins in particular. I remember watching him at Ulster. He looked completely uninterested. And it's that phasing in and out, which I wonder might have cost him. It's, and hard, also... to ju- it's hard to judge any England player. Like Again, I-, I talked on the podcast midweek about how sorry I felt for Johnny May. I think it's, it's the call I made in my prediction, mm. and I understand it. But it's really hard to judge a winger who's playing in a team that's playing really badly. Well, John Othoa is doing phenomenal at Bristol. And one of the things that um, Ben Darwin says, which I always listen to, is when you do move teams, it does take a little while to get settled in. And that's not his fault. You know, it's just a new system. But he's not it's... settled into the England team. He's played more England. He's played as many England games as Bristol games. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, but that's he... part of the problem with yeah. Bristol is he's not been available for half of this yeah. season. So he's not been available. It's a new system. He can phase in and out of games. This is what Gatland will, will be looking at. And I wonder if he just thinks there's just better, more consistent options well, at obvi- this time. That's obviously what he thinks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, with all that considered, I think he's hard done by. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with that. And I, I think most people would agree. As it, as in, he was picked in pretty much every every team that I've read. Anthony, and, I, and, Anthony, I and Anthony Jepson makes a good point on the live chat. He could still make the squad if injuries happen, which they will do between now and the end of the season and during the tour. And yeah, he, and he, he's, there is an advantage from in that that I think he would be the first cab off the rank if potentially if either um, side of the scrum goes down because Andrew Porter can play both sides. Mm. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why Andrew Porter's got the nod because he, on a tour like that, he can cover and he can play... I don't think I'm. Well, you could Porter sit him on a be... you could sit him on a bench as a loose head prop and play him on the weekend team or whatever exactly. as a tight head prop. Exactly, you can yeah. play him, or you can play him on the the midweek game as yeah. a loose head, as a loose head, and then if needed, yeah, uh, weekend game as a tight head. So yes, yeah, every prop should should know know how to do this. Yeah, it's infuriating. Yeah, um, but but very uh, international level. What do very, you very, very Andrew few Porter do. is a freak. Can we just point out that it's only in the space of a, a couple of years he's gone from. Not just he's gone. He's gone from loosehead prop making his international debut to tight head prop British and Irish lion. Pretty good. That's yeah. un- unbelievable. And he he started 
most of the Six Nations, if not all of the Six Nations, because Ty Furlong was was injured. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It's unreal. Uh, let's talk about the interview then. Yes, I'll kick off. I feel profoundly uncomfortable when men cry. That's that is my view. I, I don't like it. I don't think it's brave. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's get know. into that. Why don't you lie down on your yeah, antique chaise Let's get into this. There's clearly some things going on in the past, yeah. Jimmy. What happened? There's nothing wrong with it. I just feel very uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. I just really hate. And, but I you, hate. You, you called this. Uh, I hate this idea. episode on our live chat. Let the boys cry. Yeah, let the boys cry. Let the, just, just cry. <laughs> I just think like don't like emotional incontinence. Uh, that's what I'm gonna say. I don't know. I, I liked. I really enjoyed both. I like what you said, though. But so I really enjoyed both chats. As in the Kyle Sinclair chat with Sarah Elgin, which I thought Sarah was, was brilliant. Sarah. Sarah. Right, yes. Sorry, Sarah yep, Elgin right. was, was brilliant. Right. You want uh, to get a man's name wrong? <laughs> <Frick>. <laughs> and Kyle Sinclair was also um, very good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Quite. Um, no, I, I thought that that interview was brilliant. I thought the the emotion that he showed and like so. This is kind of the point that I was, I was making before, or certainly laying up to when I was making the point about his... Um, Me and JB kept interrupting you from making... Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the um, emotional side where it was bub- wrist bubbling over in the past. It's incredibly interesting to see how he has reacted to it and used it to put in a man of the match performance and at times was destroying his South African counterpart in yeah. uh, Pierre, Sh- Pierre Schumann. He was. Um, I, I thought his... His response was was excellent, and then the the Ugo Patlam, where Patlam every time I listen to him talk about the the t- togetherness of the team and the the love and the emotion, it's not necessarily how I would or how I've seen rugby teams in the past, but I, the way that he does it with his authenticity that gets the players to buy in is is quite incredible. I thought that was brilliant, and Ugo again, it was it, an authentic response for someone who. Like the, the two of them, Ugo and um, Sinks, have both been lucky enough to pull on the Lions jersey. Uh-huh. Um, and Ugo is, Sinks, a good f- close friend of him. And to to see the emotion between the two of them of what it means, it, I, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, what, I thought the whole thing was captivating television. I would say anything more negative about it, because I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. I agree with a lot of what you said. A guy broke his tib and fib on, sat- on, 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 on Saturday in the middle of Openshaw. Nobody cried. Like, you, you, were, cried. you were saying what you were going to do to him while he was lying <laughs> yeah, down. No, I'm just saying nobody cried. Well, okay, but on the flip side, and Carl Sinclair has been a guy that, well, he said he's never experienced this before. So he's managed to get to already being a British and Irish Lion before having a massive moment where the thing he was working hard, so hard for gets taken away. I had that a lot earlier. I remember it was under 16s and I got to the Southwest team and I and everyone was telling me, after the match I had, it was against the South East, I think it was, everyone was telling me, if you don't get picked now for South of England to go to the England trial, you never will. You just had an absolutely amazing game. I didn't get picked. And I, I drove back in the car. My um, my mum drove me and, and, and two other guys back to, back to the town I was from. And I held it together until we dropped off the last bloke. And then I just completely bloody lost it. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, and um, and my mum's reminded me of that since, and she just said, "You know that that I could I could see you were waiting, but you just um, you just what you just it, it, it's how and when it comes out, and uh, and I didn't want to take away from one of the guys in the car that was like he got in, so I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make Definitely. this about me, but so that's what I really liked about Carl Sinclair is it's channelled and it's and it's. Directed. I thought he played. You know, if you want to take something so called inspirational, it's not the fact he cried on TV. That's not inspirational. 
His, his bloody performance was inspirational. Yeah, agreed. What is yeah. bloody rugby? I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to hear him cry. <laughs> I, 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 I'd love to know what what what's led. I'd love to I, I, delve I like into it. your past. Let's go like and have it. some Negroni yeah, sometime yeah. and have a chat. Just. And I'll cry. <laughs> then, I, then I'll cry. Let it all out. <laughs> um, was there anything else I want to say about that? Uh, not particularly. I don't think. All right. So the one thing, and I'm in I'm in a position where I stand and hold a microphone into people's faces, and all I ever want. To, to hear when I'm in that position professionally and see when I'm sat at home on the sofa is I want to I want to hear authenticity mm. and in whatever form that comes if that's mm-hmm. anger do you remember that time you said it I think it was Hamish Watson and loads of people gave Hamish Watson a load of crap yeah when straight after a game he got put in a press conference and he said and what came out is the disappointment the sheer frustration of the game and he got a load of crap for that Mm. And you rightly pointed out, hold on, what do you expect? He's just played 80 yeah. minutes. He doesn't have any idea what And he's, he's absolutely on. gutted that they've lost. He hasn't seen yeah. replays of yeah. what happened. Don't give him crap for having an opinion like that. Yeah. And I totally agree. Sometimes it comes out as anger. Sometimes it comes out as bitter disappointment. Sometimes it comes out as just cannot even get the words out because you're just shell-shocked. But that's what I want to see. Whatever it is, I want to see the true person. And there's too many, too many times... Because of the way people react to stuff that people say, you don't actually see any authenticity. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree I with that. Completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just fortunate in my life I've not suffered enough success to be in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing I will mention on this, actually, and your, um, I think, Jay, you mentioned it on your midweek chat, um, Lions Reaction. Um, oh, yeah, Jay, are you a tenor? Oh, you do owe me oh, a tenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll give, give you that after the pod. Separately, really? by the way, I, I owe you that tenner for those things that you <laughs> yeah, got for yeah. me that time. That ne- so if I give you a tenner, and then yes. you, you give JB a tenner at your leisure. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, yeah, th- you mentioned the Mike Phillips tweet, which yes. was, Lions don't hope, Lions know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, so that, I was thinking about that while I was watching this interview, because there's, there were there were a few names on that team sheet that we were all expecting. We were all expecting Falatau. We were all expecting Ty Furlong. Tom Curry. Tom Curry, definitely. A lot of people would have been expecting Faz. Everyone knew that Stuart Hogg was going to be in there. Yeah. Everyone knew Alan Wynne-Jones. So, yeah. And then, so there's like that top level, they all, they know. Then I would put things in the, the next level down where they, there is, they're confident. They're, they're probably supremely confident, but they don't, they don't know. And there's yeah. that little 20% of doubt and I think to to play well, to play rugby at all, you, to go up against fifteen other blokes who want to hurt you, uh, you have to be confident. And that's it came across that Sinks was he was he is supremely confident in his own ability, but this has obviously knocked that confidence and knocked that that expectation that that knowledge that you are the best or you are at least good enough to be in that team. And that will be that. that will be incredibly hard to take. Exactly as, as you mentioned before, for someone who, right through his well, age clearly, he's never all, never all ever had this, which is unbelievable. That shows how talented he is. Yeah, even including the last Lions, he's always been on the, the landed on the right side. That must be really hard to take. Yeah, I completely. And agree. So I, I thought he handled it brilliantly. It was it was a super well, performance. He handled it okay. And he was really. He, he, he was, played very very. He, well. Yeah, he, he played really, brilliantly. He, he was. What I really liked is he actually said, "Um, uh, there's a, there's a lot of anger bubbling away. I I don't understand the decision right now. I'm sure I will in time." Yes. He even he even said that it wasn't just yeah. ungutted. It was basically he was saying, I, "I've been wronged." Yeah. Which I, I I love, like you say, the confidence of the guy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you notice who he referenced twice? His mentors. 
mentor mentors. No, I didn't. So you referenced them twice. Save your world. Huh? What? Sorry, what are you what? saying? No, I he missed that. Save your world. Who did? Kyle Sinclair. I didn't hear that. I he read, hear he mentioned it twice. What? In the interview. My my mentors. Savior. My mentors. Savior world. Yes. So this, you should know these guys. Are they, are they the guys with J- that James James, um, O'Connor James O'Connor and O'Connor. Cipriani uh, have uh, used? Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Breathing. Yeah. Which oh, evidently, I think a lot of rugby players are, have connections. I think um, Marlon Yard and, and others do. Well, I, so I don't. I think there's <laughs> JB's face right now. <laughs> JB's face. Go on, Jay. What, okay. what are you thinking? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, look, the, the, I think when you're at the absolute top level of sport, and Carl Sinclair is there, yeah. a lot of other guys who are using Save Your World, I can't believe, I can't believe that they've come back into this. I, I imagine what is actually going on is they are looking for every single advantage they can get. It just happens to be that this guy comes into their life when they're absolute prime athletes, and then they go and they go and uh, they go and produce a, a good performance, and they you know confuse correlation with causation. I, I'd be amazed. What, what, what does Savior World do exactly? That's a great question. I, I have no idea. They take they take players. They, they take well. They take people on kind of retreats. I, I, I so I don't know if that was part of and, that. Or whether it's just oh okay, I, I know they're connected. It's, well, to hey, listen. James so it's like a, it's like the kind of uh, whether they're qualified or not. I don't know, but it's a it could be a, it could be a fitness. It could be a it could Mental. be a, yeah, yeah. It could be a psychological qualifies, psychologist type thing. What I qualifies bloody Pat Lamb to talk about love and feeling and involvement, or <laughs> Alex Anderson to talk about you know yeah if it, if the it fact that they win rugby games it, it kind of gets them where they need to be. Now I'm not overly enamoured by all that stuff um, to put it mildly now uh, on the this this episode's an intervention for yeah. JB <laughs> <laughs> your, your body language is very defensive very, very, I'm raising my voice <laughs> uh, I, I guess if because so rugby so much of it is, men, is mental I think at the very very top level maybe it has some sort of impact I don't know I, I imagine it does I, I was talking to a sports psychologist who works in F1 Two of his drivers, we were talking about this the yeah. other week. Two of his, I talked to him a couple of days after two of his drivers had both crashed into the wall. And he was kind of saying that, that the drivers were, they were fit, they were prepared, physically prepared, they weren't dehydrated, they'd have, had enough sleep, they were performing well, and then something like that happens. And so he as a sports psychologist gets dragged in because it's, they've identified the physical problem, it's not a physical problem, therefore it must be a mental problem. And it's quite an interesting thing and people draw those kind of um, correlations between events and it, it might not have been that. But yeah. I, I guess coming back to this, that um, that ability to have a sounding board, um, have someone who will listen to you um, and give, is important. Give, give you advice Can I give you a really great... important... A great example. I, I, can I just? I love that because I'm guilty of this myself. So I'm only saying this because I've done it as well. But I love it. <laughs> JB interrupting Phil to say listening's important. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Chris Harris today was talking. Mm. Um, I did an interview with him. I'll throw it up on YouTube very, very shortly. I, yeah, I'll put it on, uh, on YouTube. And he was saying one of the setbacks he suffered in his career was playing against Wales. So his debut was against Wales and he's he said the occasion basically got the better of him. And then, you know, it just wasn't his best game. 
I said, did you tell anyone that? Like, did mm. anyone ask you or did they give you any feedback? Because obviously in Scotland, there's be a load of guys that have coped with going from 20,000 in club rugby, if he's lucky. Yeah, yeah. Up to 60 or 70,000 in the millennium, all going mental. Yeah. No one prepared him for it. Yeah. Which I think is incredible. I mean, he didn't say no one prepared for it, prepared him for it. But like on the debrief, you're like, how did you feel? Did you think, I mean, because that's really good information for the next guy that comes up, I would have thought. And that reminds so that is important. That uh, that stuff is really important. It reminds me of a chapter in Soconomics that mm. JBU read relatively recently. That until um, uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, clubs were buying young men from Argentina, Brazil, Spain, bringing them over to to England to the Premier League, and doing nothing to prepare them. Like an eighteen-year-old kid from Brazil comes and lives in London with fifty grand a week in his pocket, and he doesn't play his best football. What are you expecting? Like, you need these. You need people to be um, as prepared as they possibly can be. And, and if it involves um, a wellness retreat, some breathing exercises, or just someone to talk to about what is going well and what is going wrong, I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. And, yeah, he's clearly not doing what James O'Connor and Sippers did because he hasn't grown his hair out. He's not. He's not playing with nunchucks in the Savior. What they called Savior. Savior World. Savior World. Um, there was one bit where when James O'Connor was involved, where they believed that. Kind of like that whole uh, Samson thing, cutting your hair off. It's like, it, well, I mean, it's New England Patriots cutting off your manhood. New England Patriots buried a bloody football in the middle of their ground to say, you know, that performance is dead and buried, and we'll move on from here. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of nonsense happens in sport. <laughs> the thing which I gets me is like, if you're so co- focused on, I don't know, your culture and building your culture or this whatever the thing is, and actually your problem is your line out. <laughs> don't let don't let that thing just overwhelm everything because someone might just look at you look at your video like look at your game and say your shape looks terrible or you you know or you're not communicating in defense or you're going you know like that this is why i really like steve diamond as a coach because he would he's not a coach as a dor no, oh, no as, he is a coach he's a coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. coach yeah sorry take it back yeah. take it back take it back but no as a dor he'd yeah. sometimes have to step back back into being a coach and he would say in a press conference i remember it vividly uh, Sale had lost, and someone asked him like, what was wrong. No, so I had won a week, week before that they'd, they'd lost. So, well, what was wrong? And it's just real, real basics. Like they didn't know the jobs were on the ruck. They didn't, you know, they didn't know. Um, it was basically God, uh, God, God, God up uh, on the ruck, leading the line. They didn't know the basics. So we've had to go down, strip it out, strip it back, and do that. And you can see how you could get carried away with online, you know, breathing retreats, and <laughs> you know, writing on shirts and speaking about your family. When you don't know to guard the ruck, that to me is more important. Yeah, and I just think you can get carried away sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't know the ins and outs of um, how most of these clubs operate, but I, I would totally agree. If any club is uh, doing breathing exercises when they should be practicing scrimmaging and line yeah. out, you always then, then you've got a, a real issue. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you an example. Right, when I coach, and I know it's a world away where I coach. It's a world away from being uh, being in professional rugby. If the attack looks rubbish when they're playing touch, you know it's going to be. They're not wide enough, they're not deep enough, or they're not coming onto the ball with, with enough pace, or it could be skills. It's not because um, they disagree on Israel and Palestine, or it's not because <laughs> they haven't shared family secrets, or it's none of that. It's because those fundamentals are not in place. This, this has echoes back to last week's podcast when you were saying that it's all about coaching specific stuff, not, I can't remember, but let's not go down that rabbit yeah, hole again. Yeah, agreed. Um, we just mentioned James O'Connor. Yeah, Super Rugby he did well, didn't AU he today? winner. 
Uh, James O'Connor, try scoring uh, captain. Scored, scored all of the, um, yeah. the Reds points. Scored yeah. every single one of the Reds points, including an 85th minute try. Good for him. To win the yeah. game Which, against the, that, the The one bad bit, again, I, I know there would have been some horrific conversations going on in the broadcast truck. And what the what the reporter on that Super Rugby AU game would have been hearing, he's probably a director swearing his, head, his or her head off because uh, they missed James O'Connor's try, basically. The camera was yeah. zoomed in on a ruck, oh, no. and James O'Connor was scoring. Because there was, it was a close to a grounding. Tan- Taniella Tupu yeah. nearly ne- scored. Nearly, in fact, he probably did score. Possibly did. Uh, and actually, some of the Reds players had already run over the try line because they were celebrating. <laughs> some of the Brumbies defenders totally switched off. I mean, Brumbies, at that point, had two men in the bin. Um, so there was a massive overlap anyway, but... Half of both teams had stopped, um, so you can kind of forgive the uh, yeah. the director or, or yeah. cameraman for but James for O'Connor that. did score. Gave a big. Uh, he's captain of the Reds. He's fly half and captain of the Reds, um, coached by Brad Thorne. Yeah, yeah, who is a pretty straight shooter from everything 100%. I've ever seen of Brad so, Thorne. You know, an- another another testament to save your world, perhaps. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Are you in their pocket, Tim? Uh-huh. Or are they in your pocket? <laughs> they've got a lot. Of, they've got a lot of airtime. Yeah, they, they have. have. So they let's have. move on to the other super review, just very briefly. Crusaders again won. Too too boring. Too again. predictable. I've got to say, uh, Razor's breakdancing is getting worse. He's getting older, to be fair. But it's going to be interesting to see how many more years he can keep this up. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was He's a little. To... He was a bit slower on this one. Mm. Uh, but the confidence of the man to yeah. do that. I mean. Yeah. I wouldn't do that no matter, no matter what I've won. Yeah, fair play for it, even even doing it. It's so New Zealand though, isn't it? It is. So New Zealand. It's just it, slightly dated. It's right up there. Super Rugby NZ where one team has lumberjack shirts as their team garb and another team has a coach that does breakdancing. And it, it wouldn't be... A middle-aged white man that does breakdancing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wouldn't be Super Rugby as well if um, or New Zealand Super Rugby if one of the teams didn't get uh, a load of negative press coverage for having a few beers afterwards. Of as well. course not. They're so pious over there, aren't they? So the, the Chiefs had a, a few pints to wind down and, and uh, finish their season, and there's been some negative headlines. Mm. So Standard. I hope let, let the boys play. I hope they had a good few Negronis. I agree. So many comments about your hair, Phil. Uh, <laughs> RN Porter. I see fellas progressed from Nicholas Sturgeon to Hamish Watson. Watson's yeah. solid look. That's Very Hamish. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think I'm more kind of Paolo, <laughs> Paolo Maldini, France 98. Oh, nice. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Paul Millam, friend of the pod, Paul Millam, uh, says Phil is a little too close to being able to embark on a Michael Ball tribute act. Or... <laughs> so not sure this uh... is acceptable anymore. <laughs> Right, soon it's coming off soon. Actually, because Paul uh, has been on some tier two tours, uh, let me just mention at this point. Well done, Tim. Let me just mention that we have a live show. Mm. We, we said, you know, a few months ago when we when we launched the Patreon thing and when we talked about our plans for the future, we said we want live shows not just abroad, but we want them in the UK too. We want them on match days at Premiership grounds. We want them all over the place. We want to get out and see as many the whites of people's eyes as much as possible because the last year or so has just shown how much we miss that. Rugby clubs. We want to get to rugby clubs. We want to get to live shows. We want to get to premiership grounds. So we're going to do all of that with your support and with your help. And the first live show is going to be on Saturday the 20... No, it's not. Sunday the 24th of July. 25th of July. July, The (laughs) the weekend of the 23rd, 4th and 5th of July. There we go. North Dorset Sevens. There's too much rugby in Dorset for 
whole of Dorset Seven, so yeah. I had to divide up the county. Well, we had to pick. South yeah. Dorset were desperate for us. And North <laughs> North Dorset, we had to make a choice. We've gone with North Dorset, the the, the lovely town of Gillingham in North Dorset there. Mm. And uh, we're going to be at their Sevens tournament. Uh, we're going to be entering a team for which we are... Oh, by the way, we've already got one candidate, e- one candidate email us to get on the team. Oh, around. yeah. Uh, there's, there's Can more... I be DOR of this? I feel like that's my... my, my there's more, actually. Player slash DOR. Oh, no, what do you say? Rugby director, you prefer. RD. Yeah, uh, rugby director, not director of rugby. That's ridiculous. Rugby director. Rugby yeah. director. Uh, do I wear a suit for it? That's the question. <laughs> that is the question. Will it, is it a globally important role? Which which, oh. which, which director, which rugby director, should I uh, mirror myself on? Hmm. Well, I reckon if, if we do do it, what you should do If I'm pretending is, to be a DOR, it should be Stuart Hooper. If you're a DOR, <laughs> we, should have, we should film our games with you giving a running commentary of what's going on and what you would do and and things I also want, I also want to play I also want to play. Oh, and I know okay. nothing about sevens okay well, I mean, you could do a six plus six plus one line out can't we there is a <laughs> we we are we are all vets uh, there is a vets tens tournament That's yeah well let's, why aren't we doing that I know more about tens than why I know aren't about we doing sevens. vets tens we could clean up on that could, let's do that I think we do pretty well in vets, do the vets ten, is there a vets tens there is a vets right, tens right we're doing vets tens not we're doing sevens. vets tens right there we well, go we don't want to play against loads of 21 year old <laughs> sprinters hey we might we might be getting that'd some be humiliating be, yeah, some ringers that'd be humiliating JB yeah I'm not sure we want to compete in the men's elite tournament no why uh, it might not be much fun. We'll, we'll work this out. The point being, that weekend, 23rd, 4th July, we will be at the North Dorset Sevens. If you're anywhere nearby or you're a little further afield and you fancy making a weekend of it with a bunch of mates from your rugby club and coming down and playing, that'd be awesome. We are looking to recruit uh, talent for our egg chasers but I don't know how we well. do I, I don't want to just accept the first like five lads that say we'll play because what if they're not any good? Send like, a highlight reel, CV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Get your agent in touch with us. Yeah, yeah. Like, hi, I'm really good at rugby. I don't, I don't believe you. Send me some evidence. <laughs> uh, contact, contact, well, just let us know who you play for, what your level is. Um, but it's also, you know, we're, we're looking for characters too, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us there. All the details, um, if they're not already, will be on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. And it's there, by the way, where uh, one of the little perks we say for supporting us on Patreon um, is that you get priority access to live tickets. This, the first yes. of many. Oh. And so there you go. Might do a vi- I might do a video this week outlining all the things. I can't be bothered writing it down. Yeah, okay, And then good. I'll throw it up on the Patreon and you'll know. And, uh, and keep an eye on Twitter and stuff. But nature is healing. Not only are rugby clubs opening up again, but rugby tournaments are going uh, to be happening. And in July, at the end of July, there's gonna, uh, which is a Lions weekend, by the way, uh, th- there's going to be a whole load of people descending on one club for a big old weekend of rugby, mm. socialising, Lions, Mm. And an egg chasers live pod. Which Wonderful. We're very much looking and forward to. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Excellent. Any, anyone watch any rugby this weekend? Loads. Yes. Loads. Yeah. I, I love the terrible weather. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, yeah. I went to a game. Mm, Friday uh, night lights. Yeah, Friday night lights. Awesome as usual. Um, <coughs> I've seen the. I've seen nineteen minutes of Newcastle. Yeah, precisely nineteen minutes, no more than what from when friend of the pod Carl Ferns came on for his debut. Literally debut. Went on to (laughs) rugby. Was it? What's the app? Rugby, rugby, ultimate rugby, ultimate rugby. Found out the minute that he came on. Went on to uh, (laughs) PC Sport app. Got to that minute and just and just watched it. (laughs) Eight carries in nineteen minutes is bloody good shit. He's massive. He's a big boy. Moment. Very very. He's got so much bigger. So this 
I mean, well, sod it. I'm on a podcast with you. I'm not going to sound like a name dropper. Uh, <laughs> he, and, he and my brother played together at Sale. And so I used to go and play golf with him quite a lot. The two of them, they they go and play golf. And uh, he was big then, but he's gone away to France and come back. Oh, my goodness. He's an absolute giant. Yeah. Nearly for a try as well. He's a silverback. Yeah. As Dave Flatman calls him, animal strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a freak. So watch that. Obviously watch Harlequins until I thought Harlequins were going to lose and then I disappeared. Watch the end of that. Brilliant. Uh, Another last minute Magic Marcus try. Uh, yeah, I watched something else as well. What was the what game was it yesterday? All merging. Bath. North- of course I watched Bath. Why would I not Bath? watch Bath? Did you watch Northampton Gloucester? I didn't. Oh my God. Uh, Northampton. So I mean, say, Northampton well, well, were well, competing way, for top four. Well, just because it's not fair on Newcastle before we move on. Th- they played so well, by they, the way. They have it in them. They look really good. It's finally they've had what six or seven seven defeats in a row, and someone was going to get it, and London Irish got it, and yeah. uh, Newcastle looked ace, and they were offloading. They had they were flooding through support channels. They, they look and they looked hard up front, and mm. uh, they've always looked pretty hard up front. So I was talking well to some rugby luminary this week, and we were discussing uh, you know the England team, and hypothetically, if Eddie went, who would who would you replace him with? And I would say. Um, Dean, Dean Richards Dean Richards Dean Richards and just to take his whole stuff from Newcastle I think they'd be really good <laughs> I mean you probably would wouldn't you uh, Baxter if he wanted it would be a fair shout <laughs> yeah I don't Bless think he you. would I think he'd be mad to take it um, I think, I, I, I'm not sure he would but um, I think I think Baxter would be first cab off the rank for me uh, if, if he agreed. wanted if he can get agreed. the right fit agreed mm. but yeah Dean, Dean Richards I mean I can never see it happening because of Bloodgate yeah, but, that's exactly it's exactly the feedback that I had. But uh, yeah, I do like him. Kind of always, always liked him. Yeah, I mean, you could do work. I mean, just as a, a figurehead, he knows what he's doing, and then you can surround him with Lee Blackett uh, or a Vesty or whoever the yeah. defensive guy is at that time who likes Wolves. All that, all that <laughs> stuff can just come together. All right? Do you know? Here's I'm just going to go off on a tangent thinking about Eddie. A second. One of the things I don't like is that you have to play in England to play for England. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to coach in England to coach England. And I think there should be at least a portion of your coach coaching staff which are almost selected. So the RFU should just say, we want Paul Deacon and we want whoever else it is. But the, the, the question is, why are players only allowed to play for England if they play it, in England? Because the best talent will leave, right? Yeah, and why is that important? Strength of the league. Strength so the, of the strength yeah, of the league. The, the, yeah. So it's all about the, the the generating. I mean, I agree with you. For, what, for what it's worth, yeah. for what it's worth, I totally agree. I think, like football, you you, you know, I, I don't like project players. I don't like players coming in and qualifying on residency after three years. And I and I think if you're English or whatever Welsh, New Zealand, you should you should be able to play for your country wherever you apply your club trade. But the reason they've done it is to protect the strength of the league as a, uh, yeah. as a commercial entity so it's, it's about cash but I think like Eddie, so Eddie's still the top man but he takes Paul Deacon for a year and then sends him back and then the RFU just pay because of course when, when Paul Deacon goes someone well, has to give him they to do take... do that with the under 20s though don't they yes yes uh, do they yes yeah because yeah, 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 they're, they're not do. full-time rules uh, are they yeah, because Eddie what he likes allegedly is to keep it fresh continuously that's why mm-hmm. he's always rotating those uh, coaches uh, uh, coaches so if you're gonna do that, I think it'd be a good thing to be doing it from um, from, from the clubs. Yeah, from the clubs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't hate, the, hate that idea at the, all. The clubs might not. I mean, that might be something that gets that would be offered, but the clubs don't 
go for it. Who knows? Clubbers might hate it. But there is a benefit. Things. There's a benefit to both sides there. Yeah. yeah. If you get someone back after having 12 months experience working with the best players and the best coaches. And it's actually yet to be seen if the coaches who have been to England come back as better coaches. You would say Hatley's performance at the moment isn't great at Bath for various reasons. Borthwick is doing very well, but well, it's not fit finished. Yeah, Borthwick um, is very positive so far. Gustard. Gustard. Mm. Nope. And what's the other one? We missed someone. Who's on a journey? Uh, might be another one. But they're all going to England. Lots of people back. on journeys. At the yeah, lots of people on journeys. And that's yes. important. Yeah. When Eddie was selected, he was selected. They, they, the RFU kind of set a couple of parameters um, for that appointment, one of which was uh, needs international experience, which pretty much ruled out every England coach other than, I don't know, Brian Ashton, Clive Woodward, all the three guys they've just fired. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, who are you going to go for? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you a story about in, an international coach when we talk about Cell Sharks later. Okay. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about the game today, though, because that was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and he, from the first minute, in the first, there was a breaking play after 48 seconds. Wasp v. Harlequins, by the way. Yes. Or Harlequins v. Wasps. Ha- Harlequins Wasps. Breaking play after 48 seconds. At that point, there'd already been two knock ons, turnovers, and an interception in 48 seconds. Madness. Right. I know how these teams are going to play. This is going to be good fun. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people that have uh, that have gone. See, ring fencing isn't so bad. Look at this game. But it's, uh, oh, hold on. Quins are trying to get in the top four. They're, they're not playing like that because there's there's no relegation. They're trying to get into the playoffs. And Wasps also aren't aren't thinking, oh, we could get sucked into a, oh, we're clear of relegation. Therefore, this is just how they play. And it, This is how they played last year yeah, and the and year I, before. Uh, yeah. Well, but, actually, not so much in Quinn's case. That's what's been great about Quinn's. There's that side. And I, I've seen other games that have been heralded as, oh, look, see... Um, <laughs> This is why um, relegation doesn't matter. Like the, the Newcastle Irish game, which I've not seen a huge amount, but just just the scoreline suggests both teams were high numbers. Don't mean high quality. Quali- high yeah, numbers ex- don't mean high yeah, quality. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. It's, it's JB's mackerel fishing analogy, or, yeah. or the, the sevens when when there's a hundred tries in a day, each one matters a whole lot less. So each one is less relevant. Therefore, it's is less important as this, a spectacle. This one was a, a spectacle and it was played like that, not not because it was lo- loose for any other reason than that's how these two sides play every game at the minute. Yes. And it was fun to watch yes. as a result. It, it was. I'm glad I'm not a Quinns fan oh, because Quinns had something on the line. Yeah. They were 12 points down at one point with, I don't know, 20 minutes left and Mike Brown red-carded and they came back to win it. Again. 
Yeah, again, with, again. with a Magic Marcus try in the last second. A Magic Marcus try again. again. What on earth, right, was Lee Blackett telling his players this week? This is on the lines of like, if we score 46 points, I think we're home and dry. <laughs> Aim for 46 points and we'll definitely beat Harlequins. <laughs> and, and Wasps have been edged out in a few tight games like this. Just, just, it, just as Quins have come through men down yeah. with some very late scores. And Wasps were games. winning games, not necessarily near 100 point games, but they were winning the, the arm wrestle games last season. Yeah. yeah. And this season, they're, they're just not falling on the right side of it for what, yeah. for various reasons. Tell you what, I, I really think Quins have got away with one here. I mean, oh, I, I big mean, time. Anyone who watched well, the game the, thought that. How, the, how Wasps didn't close that out? They've but, actually got away with two. Because, yeah, London Irish. Well, no, sorry, two in this game. Oh, right. In yeah. this game week, because Northampton. That's exactly it. Ruined, yeah. like, Northampton were awful. They were dreadful. Against Northampton, um, I mean, they, all they have to do is get their act together. Beats Gloucester. Third from bottom of the league. They, they look beatable to me. I mean, yeah. they're not they, the they are, the league, are they? All season, they, have, they are a beatable team. Um, they do what they do, and then Northampton obviously throw it away. For Harlequins, here was my prediction this week. Gloucester fans would would take umbrage with saying New- Northampton threw it away. Like Gloucester did play very well. They, they, they did play very well. I'm sure, yeah. and much better and, than they have done. And and for in Northampton's defence, losing Dan Bigger to HIA yeah, that was big. which hopefully is okay. Uh, Chris Boyd yeah. said he had no symptoms after the game, but you you never know with that kind of thing. Well, Harlequins, what where I think they've dodged the bullet is obviously. Because it looks very unlikely Saints can catch them now. Not impossible. But Harlequins have got some it's toughish tough. games. Yeah. They're going to lose against Sale, I would suggest. And the reason I think they're going to lose is because this is a team based on continuity. And they've, had, they've been able to put out a similar side week in, week out. Well, Will Evans goes down. Esther Hazen's banned. And Mike Brown's get banned. I mean, if you've got a core of, say, six or seven really good lads... And that is, that's who's pulling the strings. That, you know that that's great. But to be losing three of them is a big deal. Now the guys who came in and replaced it, the, the, those fellas are fine, but you can't just carry on chipping away week week after week. It's almost like they've got this amazing asset in Marcus Smith, and every week they want to test him a little bit more to see <laughs> see at what point he's gonna, he's not going to come through. The, in the like, guy the is unreal. He is unreal. He's so that, he's so good in terms of like individual performances. This season, he's had some incredible ones. Today was just insane. Mm, yeah. The guy, the way he he's, reads the game, the way he sees the game. Oh, it's just, uh, it's outrageous. And I, I said it after the Six Nations, but based on Eddie's, Eddie's comments after the Six Nations, I, th- I think we will we will see him in an England jersey. Yeah. I, th- I think definitely he will tour this summer, but I think he will not only tour this summer, I think we will see him in future squads as well. Yeah. So if I'm a Harlequins fan, I'm not particularly happy about this game though. Um, I mean, I'm not happy about the last game either. And I'm not happy about when Marcus Smith scores. Because every time they get someone banned and Marcus Smith still comes through and he still wins you a game, that's like, how many extra thousands are on his next contract? <laughs> like, yeah, he's just signed a long-term deal, hasn't he? They've just tied him in. Yeah. When did they When did they get him? They, get, they got him in at the start of the season. Yeah. They, well, they got oh, him. thank God. Just yeah. after Gustard went. Yeah. I wonder if there was any... That's right, when, actually. When they were yeah. co- well, actually, they January. bought, it was they like bought January. low. Because... It was January. Quins, Quins were losing everything at that point. Yeah, I remember singing their praises for managing to get that deal done and losing a DOR. I thought it was incredible. It's a business. hell of a deal. In every game, it looks like a better deal. Yeah. When that deal comes up for renegotiation, they better have their checkbox out. Yeah. I mean, they might need, this is not a joke, they might need a sponsor just for that one player. Can you have, yeah. can you, if it's an academy player, you can put them in as a marquee. 
So they've got to have been be. with your team for three years before that, and they can be yeah. a marquee player. So he'll so be, he's, be a marquee. There'll be no problem. He's with 100% yeah. marquee. So, he, so he's yeah. staying, and they'll find, if, they'll find the cash room. Literally, if, if there is still marquee players at that point in time. Yeah, true. I th- God, I think there's going to be one, because this is exactly the scenario that you've designed the marquee rule for. Well, it's either this or bringing in Semi Randrandra or Sir Charles Pietro. Yeah, yeah. I, he's going to be the... I, I don't know who would be higher paid if they were completely open market today, whether it be a Toji or it'd be Marcus Smith. It'd be if, one if of they went, two. if they went to say France or Japan, or there was no, or there was no restrictions in the Prem. But well, just say yeah, because they couldn't be marquee players, could they? They yeah. couldn't be right, marquee the way, players. The way you do this, else. if if every player was available suddenly and Premiership clubs had a draft. Where would Marcus Smith get drafted? What, what number would Marcus Smith get drafted? One. Because he's young. It'd be tough. You might go semi or, or Sir Charles. They're, they're both they're late, late 20s. It, and, and they're in positions that are historically less well paid. Yeah. He's young, most important position, and he's English. He might go number one. He, he may well. I yeah. can't see why he wouldn't. I mean, there's there's other there's other players who are more recognisable on the global stage, but oh no, no, I just I just meant but, sorry, I yeah. meant if you took all Premiership players yeah, yeah. that are currently playing in the Premiership, yeah, and sorry. just put them into put them into a draft system, and clubs could just pick, yeah, I reckon. I mean, he might be the best fly half, just outright, just just no no caveats, no despite his age, he might just be the best fly half in the Prem. Yeah, you can uh, make that argument. Now, if you add on all the caveats, like he's young. You know, he can do certain things which other people can't. Then it just becomes a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, as, yeah, and th- that's why I'd prefer to just look at him and try and judge it without the age as a factor because quite often you... If you could redraft your whole team every year, quite so often it's just people, a one-year thing. Yeah, well, quite, what would you yeah, quite often people undervalue players because of an age is higher because you're you're yeah. not actually buying yeah. the potential improvement in a player. Yeah, if, yeah. that, that was one of the moneyball things. Yeah. If you just knew... If you just knew it was one season and your whole team d- d- disbands, so age didn't play a part in it, I still think he probably goes top five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Definite top five. He is class. He really is. I bet Harlequins can't wait to lose him to Saracens. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Saracens get promoted. Thank Saracens you, need a, Yeah, need a replacement for I felt Farrell so sorry time. for Wasps. They played, they played yeah. really well. Dan Robson was awesome. Dan Robson was class. I, I love, it didn't always work amazingly, but I love that uh, centre combination of oh, Fekitoa, Fekitoa, Fekitoa yeah. and Adogu. Like, not like that? That is box office, just exciting. Bassett play, he's such a good kind of Bassett finisher. really come on this year. I mean, he was very good under Dai Young with all the superstars around him. You think, is he just good because he's playing in the team of superstars? Uh, I don't he's think, good, good. I, I don't think he's come on. I think this is how Josh Bassett's been played for about five or six years. Mm. He's such a good, he's such a good not finisher. So not, not in my mind, at least. I think he's he's... I think he had a dip uh, nah. after all the superstars left. Oh, Why I, wouldn't you? I, I, I think Bassett is... He, he's just that dependable. He knows his way to the try line, but he Perfect. knows how to yeah. read... Perfect premiership player, just below international level, but Ideal. absolutely consistently awesome. Yeah. Um, great game. Um, for, for the neutral. Game. For the neutral. Um, get out of jail free. How many get out of jail free cards have Quinn's got, though? I mean... Oh. Like you say, I think that says everything about the top two inches and how, what a massive difference it can make. You have an 80-minute ding-dong and just that slight bit of resilience and belief. Do you know who they've got next? Snow- Quinns. Yeah. Leicester. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm working. That oh, are you? Yeah, nice. Look forward to that one. Lester are no mugs. They yeah. are no mugs, and a weakened Quinn side. And all it takes is an in, is an injury uh, 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 midweek, or something's happened for yet another star to go down. And I mean, they're really. I think they're going to be really, really pushed. Then they've got Bath. Who knows? It doesn't because they won. That, that's why this game and the London Irish coming through and winning at the end is so important. Because yeah. now they've got what nine point cushion. Yeah, they have, so, they have nine yeah. points. So they've got four games left. They can lose at least two games and still make the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. yep. So yeah. it's kind of... Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they can. So it's kind of... Yeah. Because Northampton that, Saints have got... That's why That's why today was so big and, and the game against London Irish. <coughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. Good game. Good game. So you were at a game on, on Friday, Jay? Yeah, it was great fun. Great fun. It's uh, Do you feel like you got your finger on the temperature after that game? I do feel I've like got my finger on the temperature, as a famous rugby journalist uh, once said. Um, yeah, I had a phenomenal time. So obviously the, uh, the rugby was great. Um, I'm going to tell you a story now because I, I like the story. Um, so I was sat there and Matt Postlethwaite, one of Cell Shocks, Young Rocks, yeah. uh, showed up. So I was him because obviously I've seen him around quite, quite a bit. I was asking how he's And you're kind was. of a big deal, Jay. Well, right. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, asking how he, how he was, uh, seeing if you know, he's going to go out on loan because he's been injured. Is he going to you know, go and get some match fitness el- um, elsewhere? I said to him, like, do you ever want to play for England? And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Go, well, if you do, like, just look ahead, you know, look in front of us. It's like Eddie, and there's um, M- uh, Matt Proudfoot, like, literally, you know, as far as you two are. And uh, I said, well, why don't you just, why don't you just say hello to him? I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good excuse <laughs> to say hello to the England coaches. They literally know all the information that you need to know of how to get in the England squad. So go and say hello. And he's like, no, no, don't want to do that. And I just found it absolutely baffling in a sport which is all about, say, confidence and bravado, and there's a lot, there's a lot of image out out there. And you want confident young men who, you know, will take responsibility. Why players do not just pick up the phone who are not in Eddie's mind and say, "Hey, Eddie, um, I'm around. If, if if you're watching Sale, I'm around. Can we have five minutes? Can we have a coffee? Can I go meet uh, uh, Matt Proudfoot? Can I can I do something?" Anyway, he's like, "No, no, just no, don't, don't. Fine, I'll I'll do it then." So I said hello to Matt Proudfoot, <laughs> and he came over to have a chat. Matt Proudfoot. Um, what, while Matt Postle, Postlethwaite was still there? Yeah. Do you say, Matt, this is Matt? That's exactly, literally yeah. exactly how it worked. I said, yeah, Matt <laughs> plays second row here. Very, very good line-out caller. You, you know, you want to be, um, be having a look. <laughs> um, and I really like Matt Proudfoot, based on nothing more than this, which is he loves rugby. And that's a strange thing to say about a rugby coach, but he loves talking rugby, and I can appreciate that all day long. And he particularly loves talking about back rows and abrasive forwards. Mm. So uh, we had a good chat about, well, I, can't, I won't tell you what he told me, but I'll tell you what I told him. <laughs> so I immediately, uh, I immediately um, wanted to bring his attention to Kurt, Curtis Langdon, who I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. uh, so, 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 so he, he's not dual qualified, is he? I didn't want to get into that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to get into that. I was just enjoying listening to the England scrum coach and his opinions on who, which players are abrasive, which ones he likes, what he's looking for, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So just a really... I just like I liked him because it was like talking to someone at your club who's got loads and loads of knowledge. Yeah, And if you yeah. can get in front of someone... I, this is, I generally believe it is mad that players do not just phone these guys up and say, what is it you want? Because he might turn around, and this is completely... Um, I don't know... Uh, he might turn around to the young second row who came and said, oh, hi, uh, I'm such and such. That's him on his radar then. I understand what you're saying. It's You're, you're very unusual 
But that's <laughs> and, what you should and, do. And I and I admire it. I I genuinely I admire it in you. Your ability to just go and speak to anybody, and you quite often feel like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna little voices in your head start going. And even me, I work in broadcasting. And, he's gonna hate you, know, you. He's gonna hate you. Yeah. Oh, he's just. Oh no. I'll. I'll don't want to trouble he's, him. He's busy. Maybe, don't want to trouble yeah. him, and all of that. And bearing in mind, you know, I'll sit in a room Monday to Friday talking into a microphone, and you know, lots and lots of people are, are listening. And yeah, I'm. God, oh no, I can't. I can't pick up the phone. And the couple of times, the few times I've actually forced myself to do it, and actually gone, no, get over yourself, Tim. Five seconds of courage. Hit dial on that phone number. Exactly. And call That's all you got to do. It, it, pay, it does pay. All off. you got to do is, is that. It does pay and, off. And from a young player's point of view. Maybe, for instance, the second reel I was with wasn't quite big enough to be a second reel. And you say, oh, yeah, you're not big enough to be a second reel. Well, you've got that information then. Yeah, well, I'm not big enough to be an England second reel, but I am big enough to be an England six. Mm-hmm. Or I am, you know, whatever it is. I just don't know why there's not a little bit more communication about what they're after. Because that would stick in your mind if you were a coach, if a young lad said... And I think it would. Coaches also want to know that you want to play for them. If someone came up to me and said, I'd love to play uh, play for you, what um, what are you looking for? What, you know, what do you want me to work on? It makes sense. Would you fancy playing for England? Yeah, definitely. If they'd give me, if give me, <laughs> did you ask for Winians last week? <laughs> <laughs> do you not ask what can you do? Yeah, yeah I'll, 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 look, I, I would do anything for uh, for them. So yeah, just just give me a job. I'll be fine. Uh, Owen O'Leary on the live chat says, um, "In fairness, Quinns did blow the Bears game and the Chiefs game. That's, that's a good point. That is actually. a good point. That is yeah. a good point. So swings and roundabouts. They haven't just been playing get out of jail free cards. It's a great point. Um, and those are the two teams they're going to have to step up and beat in a. Yeah, one or both of them. One or both of them. Uh, Kaka Banana says, take your shoes off and zoom in. (laughs) (laughs) Sicko. (laughs) Michael Lambert Griffiths, could we use the county system ever again? I saw this in the rugby paper today, actually. I hope so. For what? I saw this in the rugby paper today saying that that the county system being reintroduced and reinvigorated could be a key part of the game moving forward. 100%. As the pinnacle for amateur-level rugby. 100% should be. I could not agree with that more. I think... It's the most. Un- I mean, I'd be genuinely excited to see a good Lancashire team. I mean, actually, Lancashire is a good team. So yeah, I, don't no, know, I don't know why I'm yeah, saying that. Lancashire is always a good team. Cornwall, Devon are always great teams. Surrey's always good. Yeah, Yorkshire always traditionally Yorkshire was very as well, good. Yeah. I mean, again, if we regionalised, which I know you don't don't, don't like to, but regionalised the championship and we made the counties a little not bit the championship. I go below the championship, but yes, I, I, I'm oh, totally oh, oh, on board oh, oh, with oh, the principle. That. As someone who spent many many years driving from. Manchester to Redruth or yeah. Newbury to Wharfdale. I- I'm totally on board with regionalising it, but yeah, yeah. So the what was the other thing I was going to say on that counties? The other part of the county as well. I like when they did. So Lancashire had the Fusiliers. Um, I don't know what happened to them. I think obviously COVID might have killed them off at some at some point. But it's the Lancashire team for level five and under. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a cool idea That was as well. a relatively new thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but you've got to have the clubs bought into it because if one club sends all of their lads to trials or all those lads go in, I didn't even know when the trials were, so we didn't send anyone from talk. Yeah. But, you know, we would happily do so. So it's just a little, about, a little bit more about the communication. But if they got that right, there's no reason why it's not a really good yeah. competition. That'd be great fun. Yeah. Uh, message here just says bang on your conversation by the way my son played his first senior game for Aylesbury Rugby Club on Saturday the first question he asked the coach when he came off the pitch was what do I need to work on mm. there we go love it that, yeah. that's, that's it love it absolutely um, as for the game yes so there was a game of rugby played I felt Sale Sharks got lucky in lots of ways they were nowhere near clinical enough I totally agree with that yeah. they, they've, uh, no, I, I couldn't watching the game I couldn't 
um, decide whether to attribute that to Sale just being a bit rusty and clunky kind of going forward or a, a really fairly second-string Leicester being really well drilled and kind of difficult to break down in defence. Yeah. Now, I'm certain that this problem that they have is a problem which is almost like perfectly designed for Sanderson to fix. And what I mean by that is Sale play their best rugby when they've got... Like they're down to 13 men or 14 <laughs> men. It's just what they like to do. And were they down to 13 on the weekend? I think I think they might have gone down to 13 at, at one point. They're definitely down to 14. And they definitely had two yellow cards. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. The team, when it goes out, the full strength first team seem to play within themselves. They don't seem to finish very well. They don't seem to be very clinical. They go down to 14 or 13 and they come alive. So mm. that actually, after me mocking all the psychological nonsense, that clearly must be a psychological something, thing. Yeah, I, I, I think you do. You you see the boost in teams. They Everyone does work that bit harder for those 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, the earlier that happens, the more energy you take out over that period, therefore the less you have left in the tank for later in the game. But yeah, I totally agree. In, there is a bounce. They should it. have been up by about 30 points by, by, by half-time. And the fact that Leicester... I mean, Leicester are a smart team. The best thing about Leicester um, is that they learn. They learn on the fly, I feel. So you saw it with Ulster. They're getting battered, getting battered, and they think, oh, actually, we need to tweak this, tweak that, and then before you know it, they're, com- they're coming back into the game. They are quite physical, too. If they'd have scored the try in the corner, which was disallowed, I can't remember who scored it, but someone went in, in the corner. Yeah, it was Mumuval. It was like a double movement. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't call it back, because I wasn't watching the TV. But that goes over... And then the next try, it's seventeen, it's nineteen seventeen, which is a completely different di- di- different game. And I think that try not going over uh, pretty much killed them off. And then obviously sale shots going on to fourteen meant that they actually played well. But there's something about when they play their first team, they're not so. I don't know. They're, they're not so sharp. Another thing which is really interesting about this is, do you know it's how strong the sale shock team was? It was it was a lot stronger than the uh, Leicester it's got, team. It's got, AJ, it's got AJ in. What more do you it's need? Got AJ, yeah. perfect. It's got uh, Lion, Tom Curry. Got a few South Africa players yeah. in. So my theory on this going into it is, Sale, where Samson's made his big difference to the team, is not at the top end. I don't think Faf de Klerk is playing any better. In fact, he might be worse. He had a, he had a good game on Friday compared yeah. to where he has been at. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't think the Prees are playing better. They might be playing worse. But... but where he's made a big difference is lowered on the team. You've got lads contributing now who didn't used to contribute so much. Cam Neal, Doug Dales, um, these young kids coming through. James Harper came on scrimmage as well. He's done a really good job of, of not so much focusing on the top-end talent because even if they're 5% worse, they're still very, very good. It doesn't matter. But getting everybody to contribute. Mm. So, we can get rid of, so, we, so we can get rid of the Saffers and get loads of Northerners in? I mean, who knows? That would be my one guess. Day, one day, one day. Tommy Taylor's coming back, for Tommy, example. Yeah, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice little signing, that. So, um... Yeah, so I was surprised they put out their first team because I thought they'd quite fancy dealing with Leicester with a slightly rotated team. I actually think, in reality, looking at it again, is they needed those points because next up it's Bristol, it's Exeter, it's Quinns, and then the one other. And you can see there's potential there to, lo- to lose a few games. And they, because of that win, they briefly leapfrogged Leicester, uh, Leicester, Exeter. So they were sitting in second place as Exeter played. Yeah. And when Exeter went 10 points down against Worcester, um, say who were looking... Pretty for second place. Yes. Which, if uh, I kind of, if you're second or third place, it doesn't really matter because you've still got to beat you still got to beat the best two teams in the league. Yeah. You still got to beat Exeter and you're going to have to beat Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, that, that's exactly what they're up to. The fact that they didn't kill off Lester much earlier is A, a little bit of lack of um, them being clinical, but huge credit to Lester. I mean, I do honestly think they're really good. And they're, and so, they're, well, they're so well drilled and so difficult to break yeah. down, even when this, this, is a, this is a total B team. Yeah, this is totally, totally. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say other than Ben Youngs, but maybe yes, including Ben Youngs' B team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just know what they're doing, and they're going to strengthen in in summer. Nothing's been announced yet, but I think they're going to bring in a few good players. To put it mildly, mm. they've got the money to do so. They've got the cap room to do so. Yeah, they've got systems and the processes ready to go. They're in a bloody good good good, good, good position. So yeah, it was a handy win. Uh, it could have been better. For sale. Uh, other games, Bath. Yeah, got fifteen points up. Obviously, standard. Obviously, standard. Yeah. This is becoming. I mean, people are make, making a lot of money off this. <laughs> did you put a bet on? Yeah. When I, how much did you put on? Eight, um, eight pound. Only eight pounds. Yeah. Because uh, I would have. So I, I would have given you ten to one on that. Even at fifteen nil down, Bristol are going to win that game. Yeah. So you you want to put on a lot of money to make some money. Uh, just just on this one, I've suddenly just looked and gone. Just. Because Bath are now looking down the table and are in a fight to keep one of those top eight spots. The fact that the Champions Cup got moved to eight points, eight, actually, eighth place. Eighth, down to eighth place, that's probably a bigger part of the reason why teams like Gloucester and Newcastle, are people are going, oh, ring fencing, oh, look, Gloucester, yeah, Gloucester actually, and Newcastle. Yeah. It's actually because they've now got a carrot to... A different carrot. A, a carrot to look up the table. Because so, everyone other than Worcester can still get... Yeah, 100%. Um, top eight. So the second that the Champions Cup was changed to the top eight, that would have been the easiest team talk for George Skivington and Dean Rich just to go, right, come on, boys, five games. We can be at the top table. Let's do this. Mm. So anyway. Genuine, a genuine question now. With Bath losing however many that have lost, 10 games ten in the games. season. Yeah. How long can this continue? How long can this... Context is context What's is massive context in this then? one. But right, so as we've said, how many... I'm not. I'm not trying to say <laughs> Bath aren't playing poorly, aren't playing below where where the, the talent should be, etc., etc., etc. The massive caveat there is Northampton got absolutely panned when their fly half goes off. Bath have been playing with a kid at fly yeah. half for a yeah. while. Add to that what we've said so many times. So I'm not going to go into it in great depth. The context in this whole season, you can't look back and go, "Oh, eight wins and ten losses." Well, look at the players in their squad. Most, many, many of which weren't available to them for pr- more the majority of those 18 games. But the best players are available to them. No, they're not. No, I say their best Tau players. Tau Lupe Faletau. Not their best player in a bath trip. Oh, d- I mean, the way come that, on. I mean, I, watched, I thought Miles My, My, Reid this game yeah, was no, Miles, very, very yeah, good. Miles Reed was He's good. playing better than their big names. Just because Miles Reid has a no, good no, game, a you good don't go, season. well, Talupe Falatao no, is no, not no, their no, best no, back no, row no, player. No, no, no. Yes, he is. No. Talupe Falatao and Sam Underhill. I think people like... People who've done really well for them this year... Because they've been playing. People have done really well this year or the lads which have had that they've had to rely on. When they rotate the team heavily, they tend to do even worse. Um... This is their problem. But, you, know, oh, you, you say that they're not available. Don't don't bloody pay them then. Yeah, no, don't I, don't I, bring them into the team. This, this, this is the problem. And this is the this is the problem that we've discussed for, yeah. the, for many many times. Uh, Ten out of the last eighteen weeks. Yeah, and I hate that. I, I and it's and to, just to to they are rubbish. Just to make the point again, I absolutely hate the fact that it is not in any club's interest to have an England international in their ranks, except for if they're in the if they've managed to assemble a squad that can get them to the playoffs. And then it's useful. On on average, 
it's it's a net negative because it takes up a disproportionately large amount of cap space and it hampers your ability mm. to achieve through the season. Bath have been uniquely over and above pretty much any other team in the league have been uniquely hampered. Maybe Exeter are the only no, other no, side that was They've close. been uniquely stupid. That's what they've been. So, like, they knew that Tulipe Falatau was, was an international. That, I, that, I that, know. That was, that was no I know. I know. They, they already knew that they had... But that that, that does affect... This, oh. this season, this, yeah, this season, season is This season is unique. And this is what I'm saying. This season, where there are no break weeks and the league runs through the Autumn Nations Cup, the league runs through the Six Nations, where there's no Anglo... Oh, whatever the Anglo World Cup, the, the Premiership Cup... There's no Premiership Cup. There's no break weeks. It's a disproportionately it's 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 intensified what was already an issue. So you can say it's stupid, but Bath it's si- ridiculous. Bath signed. I'm- wait, Bath kept Talupe Falatau on the basis of a normal season where he would miss six Premiership games, seven Premiership games, not eleven or twelve Premiership games. And when you add that to all the players they have, it makes a, a it magnifies the issue. So just saying, Bath are stupid to have kept them. Next season it'll be different again. Should they have ditched Anthony Watson because ne- for, because this year is tough when they'll still have him next year? Should they have ditched Anthony Watson? Yes, 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 but, they should. Okay, because they've got not, so not, much money. I'm not sure Bath fans would would agree with you that they well, should have. Well, they, they they I wouldn't ditched, worry. They I, should have ditched Falatau, Underhill, Watson, I wouldn't worry. and all those players for this year. Just I wouldn't um, worry about ditching Anthony Watson because I think if this continues, he's not going to want to waste his career there. Uh, that he will not want to waste his career under Stuart Hooper doing what he's doing. Um, there is very little, from what I can see, there's very little shape, there's very little structure. They they work hard, the players don't, 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 mind, don't mind colliding. But anyone that is paying any attention to Bath knows that this is massively substandard. And the fact that they go up every game tells you a lot about you know the endeavour and they can make opportunities and they, and they can play. And then they fall to pieces. And I don't think that there's enough accountability within the squad because I don't think Stuart Hooper holds them accountable. I think they're so busy talking inwardly with this robotic style. Uh, you know, I'll give you ex- the, the, the example when Josh McNally was saying that we were coaching, we, the senior players were too busy coaching their way through. They are so uniformed, I don't think anyone is actually challenging them to say that this is not good enough. They need a complete change of mindset. So there were two teams in this game. Um, we've spoken about Bath and most of it has been the same as what we've spoken about for most of the preceding 18 weeks. I love you, Phil. Um, but Bristol played a game as well mm. in this and Bristol were awesome. They were absolutely well, brilliant. Bristol. Awesome. Besides, so, I say they were awesome. They struggled in the first half. They, the, the errors that forced those two, um, those two first Bath tries and Bristol turned it around in the second half. Bristol's second half performance was awesome. It was outstanding. And the thing about Bristol is you look at them and you never lost the faith that they know exactly what they're doing. A hundred percent. And never, we've, we've seen that yeah. before you never time once, and time again. You're just like, oh, like, they're still doing things. They still trust themselves. They still trust their mates. Yeah. Bath, on the other hand, is complete and utter panic. And that is the difference in coaching. And that it, is the difference. And I, 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 I said it before, but when, when Bath went up, 15, 15 points to nil up, and you just knew, you knew that Bristol were going to win that. I, I had no doubt in my mind, and not only did Bristol win, but Bristol they scored twenty eight unanswered points yeah. after after going fifteen I mean, nil down. They are ridiculous. Um, they've scored over ninety points against Bath this season. They're, it's a record win at the at, at the rack. I, I, I love the way they did it as well. Um, the Max Malling was his first try 
Oh, just the break off, oh, the off of a scrum, scrum in yeah. number 22. Which was just off, off a scrum blindside. Piatal, simple thing, run hard, at, yeah. a, at a gap, attract two defenders, give the ball, give the ball, try. And it, it, was, it. It, was, it was so simple. It was so simple, but because Piatal and... So, you're in for the pass, but then Piatal and Randronda are running very hard, unders lines, fixing defenders with perfect passing. It... It's it's so simple. It looks so simple, but it's so difficult to execute that skill at that speed to score that try. It was that was brilliant, absolutely yeah. superb. And that's even though it's so simple, it's so difficult to, to defend because I mean it was it was Watson Anthony Watson marking Malins and the pace gives Malins the room outside Watson. Yeah, it was the try they didn't score, which I thought was best. Which one was that? When Moynihan knocks it on. Oh yeah, that was just superb. Yeah. Offload, offload, offload. Then crossfield kick. And yeah, sadly and it gets brought back for the yeah, yeah. That was the Nathan Hughes one, wasn't it? Yeah, they uh, Bristol, Bristol. Uh, I wonder if they'll transition from being super flashy into something a little bit more concrete, because when it comes up, well, I guess they're gonna have to have extra in the in the final. And and that's and that's gonna be their test. I think at the moment they they're capable of beating anyone in the style that they do behind the <laughs> behind the scrum. I think absolutely not. They won't, and it's just it's just that the front five they need to match up. Did either of you notice? Um, which is something I do. I never noticed it, and now I always notice it when it's happening. Which is on a couple of the dominant scrums um, for Bristol. Lua Tua was binding on the loose head. Lua Tua, so binding as in oh, I, did, I didn't notice that. Lua Tua had shifted up. So as in the four-man front row trick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. There was two where it was like so noticeable. In fact, when the scrum kind of half collapsed, I was like, I was certain Luatu was playing um, prop yeah. because of the position that he was in. Oh, he I can really not the bathroom that. Peter Romani does it superbly Peter, well. Peter Romani's ace at it. Um, but it, it's, it's just a, that's like a street smart. If you can get away with it, oh, if you can do it, you do it. We're talking 100%. about the street smart. Pat Lamb is, is satisfied. He's got clarity on the whole latching situation, and you're you are allowed to tackle the latcher on a player that's picking and going. I mean, that's that sounds. What say? That sounds like a unsatisfactory solution. Well, to no, because it's what happened. Uh, so, sorry, just stop. Where yeah, yeah. is this? So, so, this, so, so, so when, a, when a player is, you do a quick. Well, you do a pick and go from a ruck, and you have the support player. Who just binds on pre bound or not? We're not you're not allowed to pre bind, but, but as soon as they pick it up, you can bind on and you can sort of like Dave. Uh, d- 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 how many tries would Sam Simmons have scored had Dave Ewers not been there to walk, walk him over the line? Dave oh, Ewers. <laughs> what uh, pre, by pre bound, I mean before oh, contact, yeah, before contact or yes. at the point of contact. You can whatever. really throw someone over a line. Like if you like, if I'm looking at a ball, I'm thinking, am I going to pick that up? No, I'm not. I, come I, here, come here. You can get someone I think, else. Yeah, I think part of it is. Part, <laughs> uh, I think part of it is the player physically helps them over the line, and part of it it just makes it more awkward to tackle. Well, because they're low. I think I mean, it depends. The Premiership do it different to level eight. You would you wouldn't be surprised surprised by that. The Premiership. I mean, what they do is a nightmare because you have the guy on the outside, then you have the guy. On the inside, yeah. so you've got a three-man wedge, and like when they execute it properly, I'm amazed anyone stops it. I yeah. really yeah. am. Well, it just it, it you, you can't wrap, you can't yeah. wrap the yeah. ball carrier in a tackle. At level it's, seven, level it stops eight. by three men yeah. diving at three men's knees. That's Ge- the only way you can kind of stop it. Generally speaking, right? I'd say anything below level four, two men is enough. Like two men, you can pretty much get over the game line. And the reason being is the ball carrier's shoulder height 
the, the supporting guy is not necessarily there to push. He's there to hold him up. Because you're going so yeah. low, you've just got this guy and you're holding right, him up. Right, the initial to... contact and then you can yeah, then the you, Yeah, then you throw so, him over. So the latching, so it happened in a Bristol game a couple of weeks ago where I think uh, Bristol were penalised towards the end of the game. It might have caused a try. I can't remember. Anyway, Pat Lamb wasn't happy because what, what the Bristol player had done was tackle the latcher because the, the guy picked it up. They were both running together and they got penalised for hitting the, the supporting player. Yeah. And the Bristol players were going, but he's, that's part of it. Like, that's, yeah. He's part, that's fine. Anyway, he got clarification and yes, you're allowed to tackle the latcher and he's happy now. So, so fine. Co- uh, Although some people are saying it's going to cause, could cause more concussions. Dean Richard's view on that is, because he was asked about it as well uh, after the game, and he said, "Well, you only ever pick and go at low speed. Generally, you're not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna, you don't get, <laughs> you don't get many concussions in that area. It's, more, it's more at the high speed I, area, I, which I think, the, I, I, I think, think the stats I, do back that yeah, up. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Just because if from one step that you can get from the base of a rook, you yeah. cannot be travelling you know, as fast it's as not the concussion, which would worry me about that. It's the neck injuries." Because you are going head to head and you're going lower. It's more the awkward neck positionings, I, I think. The, the bit that I think do, does need addressing, and that if that is the the response, it definitely doesn't address. Is the pre bind on the? It's an interesting one, Matt. Because you should, in my mind, you should not be able to pre bind on a ball carrier. Because it, it, it comes back to what was in the old days, the flying wedge. It's very similar, isn't it? Yeah, and the, and you do see it where there is a pre bind like two blokes. So it's instead of being 120 kg going against 120 kg it is like 350 kg going yeah, against so if you're, 120 kg the pre-bind I think is even more egregious when you're standing up ready to receive the pass yeah and like you, you've got one guy whose body is open and then you basically get your mate and again you ram him through through a hole yeah uh, that is very yeah that's very effective it's probably the most effective thing, thing but you can it's do. also very difficult to I was gonna, it's, for to Police because it mm. yeah yeah well, he, he because it's like that. so messy when yeah, that exactly it's like, it's like in, uh, when they tr- when they tried for a brief period of time in one of the lower French leagues to do the to, to eliminate two man tackles you, you that you, is you, just you can't police it and to me that that's just nonsense it's it's totally totally crazy. Didn't, we, didn't we decide you could only tackle with the left shoulder going one way and only, <laughs> and therefore <laughs> you have to structure your defense so you only tackle left shoulder or yeah right so shoulder. the rule is if they're going one way. No, one team can only tackle with the left shoulder, one team can only tackle with the right shoulder. Or No, actually, both teams can only tackle with the right shoulder. If they're going from... Because then you can never have a two-man tackle. Yeah, but if if they're going from left to right, <laughs> it needs to be, let's just say, the yeah. right shoulder. If you they're going from right to left, it needs to be the left shoulder. Some laws and rules, just you're, you're making life... You're going to make things much, much worse how, if you try and solve oh, it. Oh, so, 100%. And, and I'm, I, and I think, I'm not a fan I, of this. I think the this pre, is the stupid thing I've ever thought of. I, think the pre- yeah. by, no, but I, I know, but I think the pre and latching goes along with that. You, you'd get so many more whistles and uh, just... Did, did either of you... It's very it. hard, though. You know, it's deal not like it. the olden days when you used to have cotton shirts. And you can, I mean, it is quite hard to grab hold to bind of on. someone with a, prof- a professional fit shirt. Mm. Like, it's more... Uh, and also, you've got to get... yeah. You've got to get your timing right, haven't you? Because you can only bind when they hit contact. You can't bind when they have the ball. If if you're behind them, I think you can. I don't think you can. I don't know. Yeah, you can you can wrap, can't you? So balls balls there. He pick no because then that that is basically the flying wedge. Yeah, so that, that's but that that so when that he, happens not not with the tap and go, but on the back of rooks that does happen. Yeah, so you, you, it's really important you pre bind before you pick and go. Um, it just is, but that definitely legal. 
Yeah, it's it, definitely it, illegal. It, but it happens all the time. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's, it's like it's not well, policed. Feeding the scrum is technically yeah, illegal. Yeah. Oh, on this one thing, I'm delighted to say, isn't a thing anymore. Which no one said it, so I assume it's just sort of like much like a, a straight putting in a scrum. They've got rid of resource in the rook. No. Oh, is it? Oh. They're not going to say take our learnings. No, they yeah. have. Th- there's something which was around, or not around, actually, as the case may be. Uh, at the start uh, earlier in the season but it's back even though it's not they've not changed the laws it's just suddenly back celebrating tries oh. I noticed it this weekend the players oh. the players are all hugging they're all high-fiving none of this air high tens <laughs> rubbish which is just ludicrous performative uh, so the performative department of premiership rugby have shut their mouths for a, a a little bit that particular performative element which again I, I I never moaned about or said anything about because as we talked about before you pick your battles but now that I've noticed that it's gone I can say it was ridiculous has it gone or have they just forgot about it It was well they've either forgotten about it or no one's enforcing it when they do do it so let the boys play yeah so yeah. are they still having sandwiches in little bags <laughs> so like part of the, part on of the, two buses so the COVID restrictions like non-travelling players Oh, sorry, non-playing players couldn't watch, but the players were there, so that's that seems to have gone by the wayside. That seems crazy. Yeah, there was... There's two two coaches was one of the things. As in, all players had to travel on two There's definitely two, two coaches. coaches there on Saturday. Yeah. There's definitely two players, uh, two coaches. And, yeah, there's like, weird little f- food rules that they had to go straight away. Straight away. But there did seem to be a slight relaxing of regulations. I don't know, maybe... maybe, maybe they've not announced it. I've not seen anything on... Roadmap to recovery. Yeah, I've not seen anything on the press on on the press no. releases. So, so nothing in written down has changed. But it was lovely to see players enjoying a try, <laughs> especially like when it's a, a match-winning one, like Marcus Smith or you know stuff like yes. that. He's like, you, you know, much we talked about emotion a lot in early in the podcast. You want, I just want to see them enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rather, rather than have to go. Ooh, oh, can get I ask away from me? A question. Which was your, f- <laughs> which was your favourite COVID breach for um, the lion selection videos? Uh, I love the teleporting Alan Wynne Jones. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not the um, so, I my favourite one for the wrong reasons was the Chris Boyd announcement to the Northampton squad. My favourite absolute one has to be Gloucester. I mean, that just looks so cool. Yeah, <laughs> Harris and Reece Amit both, when, yeah. When they smash through the COVID screen. <laughs> Get out of my way. The bit, uh, the, as I said on the midweek podcast, the bit we missed out of the middle of that, we we got the Harris one and that was awesome. And then as they went through the names, the bit we missed was the the deathly silence when they went past M. What? Johnny May. Oh. And, they went past M, and then yeah. they got to R. And they went oh. mad for Lewis Resummit. So, oh god, poor Johnny May. And, and do you notice this one? Do you know? Okay, oh. So Chris Boyd is a, a very serious man. He's not a funny guy, is he? I mean, he might. Well, be he's very dry humoured. He yeah. is funny. He well, maybe is. he is funny. Maybe maybe this was a gag. I couldn't know if it's a gag. If it's a gag, it's bloody brilliant. He he or, he will. I think he says very funny things, but he says it with no hint of humour on his face. And so you yeah, you're not sure if he's yeah. joking or not. Well, this guy actually could. This actually might be. Textbook, textbook at Boyd. So he's got the lads in a circle, right? And he goes, first of all, congratulations, Dan Bigger, because no one expects, well, everyone was expecting Dan Bigger. I'm here to say we've got a two-time lion in the squad. Yeah, and then... Well done, Dan Bigger. (laughs) Oh, no, we didn't do that. He said, congratulations, Dan Bigger, and then he said, two-time lion, Courtney Laws. We said it to both of them. Oh, did he? He said, said, uh, I'm delighted to say we've got our, the club's got our fath... 
We've got our fifth two-time Lion in the squad. Oh, sorry, I'm going to stop doing the New Zealand. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, we've got our fifth two-time Lion uh, in the squad. Congratulations, Dan Bigger. Uh, and then he says, and we have our sixth two-time Lion in the squad, Courtney Laws. Yeah, right. Awesome. And then, and then, and then got, what do you do? And then, and then he stood there silently. <laughs> and he'll say yes. And then wait, wait, wait. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few players like, could it? Could it be? <laughs> who'd, be who'd be next? Northampton. Don't know, but I'd love it if he just threw a random one out there. Um, I don't know. Uh, Try to think of someone. Closest, maybe Ludlam? Maybe. Yeah, you couldn't do it to a lad that, like, nearly is there. Because that'd be, I mean, if it's Johnny May, it'd be devastating to say, Johnny May, you're in. Only joking. I, right, oh, do my that. God, that would be awful. But you could do it to say a, I don't know. Proctor or um, Proctor. <laughs> someone like that. <laughs> Young Englishman. Yeah, congratulations, whoever it is. Grayson. <laughs> only joking, only joking. Of course you're not. Of course, of you're, course not you're not. This this is getting very long again, so let's try and let's try and rattle through, gents. Um is there, is there much else to talk about? You Worcester went ten nil ten nil up and then lost. Standard. Yeah. Hardest job in the premiership, that hardest job in the premiership. Yeah. There's... I, do you know what? You you give some for the same stuff. You give some people so much. You vary. <laughs> it's like you, yeah. your narrative is predetermined, and you'll squeeze whatever happens into that story. Would you rather the bath job or the Worc- or the Worcester job? Of course, I'd rather the bath bath job. Why? why? But it's, it's but it's never why? but it's never. Oh my god! What Worcester are an absolute mess. Oh yeah, they are, and that's why it's oh. hard. That's why. That's why it's the oh, hardest I job. Oh, I see. I thought you meant like, oh, they're battling on bravely. I thought that's what no, you no, no, no. Okay. They've asked John. They've got JT, who is like been there for three months, uh, three months or something like that. Can you t- turn the ship uh, around, please? They're going to get rid of most of his players. He's going to have to bring in a load of new guys. It's like a five-year project, and he spends all his money on. Or they spend all their money on outside backs in yeah. Nani and yeah. uh, and Duane van der Merwe. They'll run out of patience with him before he gets time to prove himself. And as a first-time head coach. With not very very much support, he's on to a hide, hiding to nothing. Well, well, yeah, they're an absolute mess. That's that's why it's the hardest job in in rugby. They need, mm. and they I never said this last week. They need, and I hate saying they need five, uh, five year plans because it is it is an excuse. But they need to spend money a lot of it now on a good fifteen, not fullback. I mean, fifteen players. Now, only when they start winning can they then start to afford to get middle ranking players for less for less money. So that, mm. that's the London Irish plan. Yeah, that's the that's, London Irish. Yeah, London Irish what, are at stage one or two yeah. of that five-year plan. Yeah, London Irish is exactly the sort of team that Worcester need right now. Mm. Um, that's all the games, isn't it? Uh, no, there were some Mushroom Cup games. Oh, I'm not talking about your beloved Ulster, but JB's beloved Benetton are top of the league. Yeah, of course they are. In one, the... two from two, and well, obviously after in the regular season, I think they won one. No, they didn't even win a single game in the. Um, Pro 14. I looked at the table yesterday and Leinster were bottom. Not anymore. Not anymore, but they were. Ulster are officially bottom of the league now. Ulster are bottom of the Mushroom Cup. I mean, obviously I don't pay attention to anything outside the the Premiership. Don't have have time for it. But what is the general perception of the Rainbow Cup for the teams playing in it? Is there excitement around it? There's there's no excitement around the Mushroom Cup whatsoever. I, I, I think that South African fans are a little disillusioned with the the lack of interest and the mickey taking that's ta- that's going on even in the countries in the, in the UK and Ireland that are involved in it so sad because <laughs> the fans aren't into it yeah and South Africa's quite a proud nation isn't it it's, it it's is. a very proud nation 
<laughs> so they're, they're looking at this going, oh, we're, we're competing with these. Why are they all taking the mick out of it? Yeah. And then in my, I'm calling it the Mushroom Cup, but, but I'm adding to it as well. But it's just, it's oh, it's it's the most Pro 14-y thing that, that Pro 14 has ever done. It's so it's so painful to it's watch. Cut a league, cut a season short. I know they didn't, they can't see it to the yeah. future. They don't have a crystal ball, so I'll, you know, I'm not knocking it. But it's so farcical. They've cut a season short to then play more games against the same teams. Who'd have thought that a season called the Pro 14 with only 12 teams in it could be surfa- surpassed in its ludicrousness? Mm, that's a good question. Do you think it should? Do you think there should be a committee somewhere which bans it from using the word pro until they're like pros? <laughs> until they get their, <laughs> just until they get their, their act four, together. Yeah, like the 14. <laughs> 14 including some professional teams. But yeah, now there are, well, there's 12 plus 4 now, so there's 16. The AM, the AM 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something like that. I, do you know what the shame is of Pro 14? Actually, they were getting their act together slowly but surely. Getting their act together pre pre COVID. Yeah, yeah. And COVID is the we, determining factor in both ha- of these yeah, issues. And how many times have we seen this? Well, it's part of it, but it's also that they're. I think they're making the same mistakes that we see. We saw Super Rugby make. Super Rugby had a great thing going, and then it tried to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And ended up going. Oh no, that's rubbish. We're going to have to go right back to square one again. Mm. I think the Pro 14 is doing the same, and that's why I think I don't think this 14 team Premiership next year is a good idea because I think the same thing will happen there. Yeah, you can't dilute your product, can you? Mm. It's uh, it's so obvious. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as yeah, Pro 14 very hard here, uh, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it certainly is. That's enough. I Let's not talk about yeah. Ulster getting battered by Munster. We have more Prem games next weekend. We do. Have we got anything exciting happen, happening ne- next weekend? Uh, good. Sounds good. like sounds like a hint. What what changes next weekend? Like assuming everything goes to plan because next oh, weekend so, well, so, open, so no the week on Monday. Monday. So of the it's a good point actually of the game. Oh yeah, of course this is different. There's a Friday night game, Bath yeah. versus Sale. There are two Saturday games. Yeah, and then there are two Monday. Sorry. Uh, two Monday night games and one Tuesday night game. So, yes. so I'll go through them in order. Bath host sale. Okay. Predictions. Bath host sale. Uh, if Bath don't beat sale after everything I've said, I'll be <sighs> amazed. <laughs> yeah, you've cursed. You have cursed. I, a massive. Well, Priestland's back now, which could make a big difference for Bath. Not a huge yeah. difference for Bath. It'll make more of a difference. Orlando Bailey's clearly got a lot of talent, but he's a nineteen. He he's a nineteen-year-old yeah. kid trying to knit together a Bath team that. Aren't gelling as it is. It's yeah. It's a. He's probably got a tougher job than Jonathan Thomas. Uh, it's good. I think. I think Sale. I think. I think so. Sale will do that. Yeah. I, I would hope so. At this point. Um, Saturday we've got Wasps hosting Warriors. Uh, Worcester Warriors. That is not Wigan. Not Glasgow. Okay. Uh, <coughs> and definitely not Celtic Warriors. Uh, so <laughs> not anymore. That will be. Wasps. Wasps. Yes. In that uh, West Midlands derby, they all are Midlands they quite close neighbours. Yeah, they're they not are. a million miles away. Yeah, Coventry to just realised that you've, you're you're clearly symptomatic with something, JB, and we're in a. I mean, I'm two <laughs> meters away from you, but we're in a room together. Do you, do you want to know what it's it is? Good two meters as well. I got. I think it's called a lint scraper type of thing. You've been. You sent me a video. You, you've got like cat allergies, despite, despite owning two cats, and well, you've been brushing down cat hair all day. Yeah, so it's like this little metal, like wiry thing, and you scrape on the carpet, and it just it, it, it makes you feel like you're filthy. 
So I'm, I'm doing the um, I'm doing the stairs, just just collecting cl- cl- cat hair, and I feel awful for it. <laughs> Making just de decatting the house basically. So we're all saying wasps against Worcester. Yep. Now Leicester versus Quins. Yeah. So Leicester having rested all their players. Quins with no Esther Hayes and no Brown, no Evans. Mm. Big test of uh, Magic Marcus up against George Ford. That's the storyline yeah. right there, isn't it? Ford Smith. This this will be a good game, I think. And give me Leicester. At home, Leicester. I think I fancy Leicester as well. Particularly as soon as I saw the squad that they took to sale, I thought, they're, yeah, yeah, Leicester. they're going for the next. next they're going week. for the next game. Um, then on Monday, Monday night rugby, we've got Falcons versus Northampton. That will be oh, Falcons were good. Northampton were bad. Northampton were bad. Losing, losing bigger was huge because they had to bring Nairavoro on. And Furbank went to 10. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely Saints, I think. Hmm. Although it depends. If Cawthorns plays, I'll, I'll go with... Uh... Depends if Dan Bigger plays as well. Yeah, that is it. I mean, I mean they're, they're equally as important. Imp- they are. Important news for any players of fancy rugby draft. This doesn't affect you two because neither of you are in the playoffs. <laughs> but this is important for me because I am in the playoffs. Um, round 19 does not count because of the midweek games. Oh, oh, so the semi the semi-finals will be the weekend. Week oh, did I not make the playoffs? No, you uh Did I win this week? No, you lost heavily to me. Oh, <laughs> and um Did you win one game this year? Two. One no, you won one. Did I really? Uh, I... Yeah, you won well, I'll check that cuz it was an intru- it is it uh, It's this season. I, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm trying to put the finishing touches to a special last place trophy which maybe I will you present you, on, you on, live on next week's podcast on the on the YouTube feed <laughs> I can't wait for that that'll be great so uh, you've officially you won two games this whole season yes double what you two, said then two wins 16 defeats once and again you, and you've got the audacity <laughs> to have a pop at Stuart Hooper <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think I, honestly if you put me in charge of Bath I could lose 10 games <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could do that uh, give me Northampton Saints um I think Northampton will have the bounce back, either with Bigger or Grayson I or suspect, someone else. I suspect, you're poss- I suspect you're right there. I'm going to say that. Oh, it's not it's not an easy place to go, but yes, Northampton. Not, no. Uh, and then Bristol host Gloucester, which I think will be a home Yeah, win. and complete toffee. Hello to you, um, long-time listener and friend of the pod. Um, on the live chat says, fans back next week. It's Monday Night Lights, Bristol v Gloucester, a 7K crowd. Yeah, 7,000 people. That'd be what? awesome. That's all- well, because Ashton Gate... Holds 26,000? 20, 26, so it's like a just over 8, a quarter. maybe. So that's yeah. great. That's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And, um, and oh, com- have you heard they've sold 7,000 season tickets at Gloucester? Yeah, that's phenomenal. Gloucester, Bristol. 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 Fair weather fans. Where <laughs> yeah. where were you when the ticket? No, I'm joking. Exactly right. That is amazing. No, it is amazing. Bristol have got more significantly more season ticket holders than sales average attendance. Not significantly more. <laughs> I think it is, mate. I don't know. No, no, that's not. That's, I, I, not, that's, I, I, not to, that's not to knock sale. It's it to, sounds, sounds a little bit like. I know, I know. I realize. I realize it sounds like that. That wasn't my intention. My oh intention, no! My intention was to say, just to give it a context. Sale before how COVID. Impressive that is for sale Bristol. before COVID. I'll have you know, had the highest percentage growth of any crowd in the in the Premiership. From the preceding season. It doesn't matter when it's from, Phil. Just take, <laughs> just take the stats at, at face value, please. <laughs> um, so we're all saying home win for Bristol there against Gloucester. There are lies, damn lies and statistics. Yes, it's going to be a Bristol win. 
And then Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night rugby, Premiership rugby on a Tuesday. Um, we've got London Irish versus Exeter Chiefs, mm. which will be Exeter. Well, will it? Because are they playing the following weekend? Because then they might they, they might be on a short turnaround. Exeter might go. Do you know what? We'll send a B team to London Irish, and we'll have our home. We'll have our yeah. first team for the home match. No, it does. It does home game will be against Newcastle. Okay, so it does. Yeah, I think they will play a stronger team against Newcastle, but I think a one A and one B team can win both of those games for Exeter. Mm, we didn't really talk about them on this podcast, but they, yeah, they were impressive again. After, I saw the score. Some, someone uh, messaged me and said, and just sent me a screenshot of the Worcester score, which was twelve nil or something. Ten, 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 ten nil. It was ten nil. I went whoa, and then I put it on, and then oh, okay, order, it was, order is restored. Yeah, forty-one unanswered points. Yes, <laughs> game over. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I'll see if there's a game I can go so, and visit. Give me Exeter. Uh, closest to us would be Wasps. Wasps. Wasps or Leicester on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Or Newcastle on the... Um, could do a Monday night. Mon- Newcastle is the one I'm looking at. Newcastle Monday on Monday night. New- Monday night, Newcastle. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, yeah, I'd be interested. I'd finish <laughs> it. I'd, I'd, I'd have to change... Well, I do CrossFit Monday evenings. Well, why, why, oh. don't you, why, why, why don't we do the <laughs> early morning... CrossFit. <laughs> not only can we travel to Newcastle, we can talk about the CrossFit on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> two hours locked in a car talking yeah. about CrossFit. What is oh, it? You're me? lucky. It'll be two hours on a train. It'll be. Oh no, no. Actually, the, it's quicker to drive to Newcastle, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you Newcastle, have to go across yeah, the train. Is go to, disaster. Yeah, Leeds and up or up to. I yeah, don't know. I wouldn't mind going to Newcastle. I've, I've not, yeah, I'd like to go to Newcastle. Yeah, but then you finish at ten, and then you won't get back home till one a.m. And then you got to get. Then you got five hours till CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why don't we just drive straight to the car park? Come on, that. <laughs> Do burpees while we're waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be keen for that. Hmm. That's oh. all the games. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Unless you want to run through the uh, Rainbow Cup games. Nope. We're good. Is there any good Mushroom Cup matches? Uh, what do they call it? The, the Glasgow Edinburgh. It's all the it's all the derbies. Okay. Oh, that means Ulster lose again against Leinster. More three, three losses. Wow. Dragons, Ospreys, Edinburgh, Glasgow. JB, your beloved Benetton could finish top of the table. Well, is that because we're just playing Zebra every weekend? Is you that... played play Glasgow once and then two games against uh, Zebra. Oh, madness, madness, madness. You're going to finish top. Well done. Well done. Well deserved, lads. And then it's a straight playoff between. I think it's just a, is it a straight playoff? Mm, who knows? I'll tell you what. Uh, quick message to. People watching the live feed. Thank you for anyone that's stuck with us. Um, I'm sure yeah, well be, done. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, really well, well done. done. I, I, I'm clearly there's a void in your life that needs filling. Um, I'm sure you can do better than this, but thank you very much for watching. Um, hit that little like button before we go because it just helps mm. the algorithm and it helps people find us and all that. I don't really know. Yeah, what, like the button why or how. Yeah, I don't know why uh, James. Oh, yeah. James Abraham said it is important, so it's important to me. You it's know, important so then. Like, like, like button really helps because like people who people who like rugby who don't know about us might find us. And, we are uh, going for lunch. I mean, because you're not coming on the Friday, are you? Of the North Dorset North Dorset Sevens. No, because I'm you know I'm doing my rugby. I'm doing my radio show and then my rugby radio show. Kind of a big deal. Mm, kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know. Well, me and Phil are. You know it is. And because you're not coming, not because, but. Well, not, we're not doing this <laughs> because, <laughs> because Tim's not coming we're going to do something really J- fun James yeah, yeah. Tim's not there oh okay I'll see you there yeah. <laughs> so on the Friday we were travelling down a little bit earlier to have lunch with a 
with a seriously high-powered bigwig in sport. I can't tell you who it is, and if you want, if you want to know... You, you just said his name. <laughs> no, you, you just said his name. No, you did. No, I remember a different thing. Oh, a different one. No, so I just said something... Is it, different I, for, is it different from the name you just said about two minutes ago? Well, I'm going to say it is now, although it's not. <laughs> hey, that, that's what reminded me. <laughs> okay. Right. But, well, you can't come. So I definitely can't come now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've, I've enjoyed today. It was really good. Um, oh. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, hit like and uh, hit that little red subscribe button because tomorrow tomorrow I will make sure that Chris Harris video, <laughs> JB, uh, Chris Harris chat that JB did uh, goes up. And there'll be more videos coming in your feed very soon. And one of these days, it might even be with Phil. Uh, look, Maybe. The general consensus, Phil, by the way, just a, you know, a bit of feedback is... Um, you should only be allowed to take scissors to your locks when Hamish Watson takes scissors to yeah, your locks. Yeah, great shout. <laughs> um, can I just give a shout out to the Rugby Dungeon, which will be happening this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, got the return of Steve Diamond on Monday night. Wonderful. So, wow. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be dynamite, and I've got two in the pipeline, which are going to be absolutely awesome. So, Steve watch out Diamond. Bro. Love it. Yep. Cannot wait to hear that. I I'm love it. Very, very excited. Have you recorded it? No, no. Uh, oh, tomorrow, right. tomorrow night. Okay. Eight o'clock. Nice. Meeting of two great rugby minds. That will be both of them belong to Steve Diamond. <laughs> that will be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there we go. Thank you very much for watching. Um, w- hopefully, through this podcast, if you're listening to it, hopefully, uh, if you haven't already, we've earned you just hitting subscribe in your podcast feed wherever you get yours. If you're watching, hopefully, we've earned that little click on the subscribe button there in the YouTube channel, and patreon.com forward slash egg chasers uh, you can go and see the video of us pretending not to be hammered for the world rugby cameras in Romania <laughs> and the type of event we cannot wait to happen again when things slowly but surely get back to normal in the meantime let the boys play let the boys play Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.